What you yes. It's just like that. That's all. It's all just animated gifts and stuff. It's how you do it. Oh wait, hold on. I have to pat this dust off. We have to climb oh, out of yes. the robot. That, our robot that we crashed in. Go. I'm really glad that we both bleach blonde and our hair to match. Oh yeah, we have our beard that gear. I grew in just to be part of our Russian cosmonaut. Exactly. <laughs> hey everybody, it's the Boy Howdy Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. I did spend a ridiculous amount of time this week just checking out, like, the, the uh, Pacific Rim wikis, just learning more about the cosmic, like, the different teams in Pacific yeah. Rim and, like, the different yeah. robots. There's not much to learn because it's yeah. not like there's that, that much of an extended universe of Pacific Rim. No. That's my favorite part of that goddamn movie. It's just, like, the ridiculous pilots and the, like, ridiculous oh, yeah, themed the the machines. All the, the, the best parts of that movie were all the detritus around the movie. Oh, know? wait. I found a list of, wait, uh, Pacific Rim... TV tropes. They have a list of all the robots oh, yeah. created for that universe, even the ones not mentioned or named in the movie, but like yeah. in the comic books. Yeah. I'll have to pull that up real quick. Wait, there are Pacific Rim comic books? Yeah, there, there's a prequel comic book that ex- kind of fills in the gaps between oh, that rich the prologue. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm the, being a dick. I guess it does fill in the, uh, yeah, between them. Wait. I'm being a total dick. Man, the more time goes on, the I'm more... I'm sorry, I'm Googling... We're starting off the podcast with Bill just Googling shit. Uh, the more time passes between seeing that movie uh, and not, m- the more my... The, or I should say the less my wife likes it. Why? She just thought that it was... Um, uh, to be fair, she's not... I, I'm not into monster movies or anime, really. And uh, But I enjoyed it just because I thought it was such a ridiculous, fun, like, just dumb C-movie that just knew it was a C-movie and owned it. And uh, her issues were she just didn't like the protagonists. She didn't like... Well, it's um, not like it's a well-written movie. No. And she, you know, she just couldn't get over that. Uh, okay, so... the Okay, here's the Mark 1s. Yes. I, maybe I shouldn't read all these because we're going to be here all day. <laughs> but the Mark 1 uh, Jaegers were... Just what are your were favorite ones? Brawler Yukon. Nice. Which was the original... I think that was the original... Was that the Canadian one? There's uh, Cherno Alpha, which is the Russian mm. dudes that we you right. see in the movie. Right. Coyote Tango, which was the Japanese robot, inexplicably Billy piloted by Edris Elba. Spoilers for Edris Pacific Elba Rim. piloted the Japanese robot. Yeah, supposedly that's what, and that that's why he saves what's her face. Oh sure yeah, I guess her. that makes sense. But yeah, that's huh. Coyote Tango was supposedly the Mark One Japanese. Interesting. Uh, Horizon Brave, Romeo Blue, and Tacit Ronin, which I guess maybe was another Japanese robot. There's just a holistic like. Yeah, Gypsy Danger was a Mark III. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate everyone uh, staying put with our <laughs> second Pacific Rim podcast. Oh, yeah. I just like the idea of all, like, some of the, like, oh, there's, like, Mammoth, the Mammoth Apostle, which I wonder is supposed to be, like, an Indian one. There's some of the names in here, it's like, oh, it sounds like it might be other cultures. Well, it makes sense if every nation theoretically. Matador a... Fury. I'm I assuming like Matador that's the Fury. Spanish one. Despite the Spain, Spain's not in the Pacific. I don't understand it. Anyway, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Bill. How about yourself? We're both just like you're on your iPhone and I'm on my, uh, checking <laughs> no, Google. No, I'm paying rapt attention as you name robots. <laughs> <laughs> I, here's my list of favorite Transformers. 
went inside the boom box. <laughs> I can't remember. I think was it Soundwave was the guy who turned into the boom box. <laughs> but there was a Transformer. Was that like Thundercracker? Yeah, because there was like a Falcon and like a Panther robot that turned into the cassettes. Yeah. Yeah, and like if you got the toys, cassettes would turn into those. Yes. I can't. I I all. Um, you want me to Google it and no, I just read off the names? God. <laughs> hey, Bill, what'd you do this week? Uh, I googled the name of the cassette Transformers. <laughs> What did you do this week? Uh, I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I did, because you loaned it to me, watch Lawrence of Arabia. Or more to the point, I watched the first half of Lawrence of Arabia. That yeah, because it's only a four-hour long is, movie. Cause, and I really oh, did actually, you make it to the intermission? Normal, yeah. Okay. No, I watched the first half. I watched, And then I was like going to bed. <laughs> you okay. never picked it up again? Well, I'll watch the rest of it someday. I just haven't been in the right you know how place it ends? for it. You see how it ends. You see it. He dies in the first 10 seconds of the movie. Technically, you've already seen all you need to see about Lawrence of Arabia. Well, that's the same as, um, it's interesting to watch it because one of my favorite movies of all time is The Man Who Would Be King. Which I need and, to see again. Yeah. Um, Wasn't that like the same writer? Is it John is that Houston. David Lean too? No, it's John Houston. Yeah. Okay. That racist son of a bitch. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's interesting because Lawrence, whereas, um, uh, whereas The Man Who Would Be King are about two idiots whose friendship is strong enough that they think that making bad decisions is a really good idea. Yeah, that's Michael Caine and... And Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, this is, you know... Was that like... made around... Because that's a 60s film, too. Mm-hmm. Was that made it around is. kind of the same time? Yeah. Oh, no. Lawrence of Arabia is older than... than um oh, King, I want to say. Anyway, regardless, um, Lawrence of Arabia is fascinating just because it's, like, it's very... It's I don't often consume media that's just about a singular person whose character is so strong that they just kind of burn through anything that stands in their way. Yeah. It's kind of fascinating. Really enjoying it. But what's funny is that like watching said, it, He's kind of a weird cipher, though, because you don't, no, you don't quite understand what his motivation is other than he just wants to go out and be away from people. That, But that that's And by people, white people, I guess. He's totally fine well, hanging out he with wants, the better He wants ones, to but... define himself... <clears throat> he doesn't like the the role he's been cast in and the way he's been defined by his society. Yeah, and he's so kind he of a misfit a in one. the British Army. Yeah. And but yeah, watching it, I just really wanted to reread Donna Barr's The Desert Peach. Oh, that's right, you were talking which about I, that. Uh, yeah. Which I which I found my explain to me. I've seen people talk about the Desert Peach. I've even read excerpts. So what the hell is the Desert Peach about? This is a comic that only existed like a decade ago. Yeah, so it was really, like it's the a first really issue comic. is like nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Um, is Donna Barr still alive? She's still making comics, probably. Okay, yeah. But um, not the Desert Peach. I think she actually still is. I wow. think it's online now. Because remember, it was on Girlomatic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. The Desert Peach is fascinating because it is about a gay German <laughs> general during <coughs> World War II. Um, he serves in the African Corps. And um, he... Uh, so he's he's not... He's far from the front. But uh, he's... Uh, really a pacifist mm-hmm. and um his battalion is all a bunch of misfits and weirdos like i actually just read a, a story that's about um the whatever they're called like the morale corps or whatever coming to visit them and they're desperately trying to figure out if they actually have a member of the nazi party in their troop and oh, they yeah? don't well, and, well they figure out they do but um the only reason why um, the protagonist is in the army, the German army at all, is because his brother is Erwin um, Rommel, and he joins to take care of his little brother. I'm assuming this character is made up for yes, this comic. Very it's not much like so. she's like, yeah. Very much so. Um, but yeah, Desert Peach, it's a really strange, very <laughs> clever So this comic. is what got Lawrence Arabia got you thinking about. Well, it's because it, Lawrence is so um, such an affected, mannered, 
man, and mm-hmm. you can totally read him as gay, and that that's part of the reason why he wants to I get think away. there are some, some people have suspected that, like, specifically Peter O'Toole's performance. Performance, at, yeah. The motherfucker's name is Peter O'Toole. That it writes there kind of suggests, kind of like, penis, how you doing? <laughs> and kind of like, can I put this in my mouth and I'm a man? Yes. But yeah. even beyond that, it's just, um, like, and also the way Donabar draws, um, Desert Peach is very... I can see that. Yeah, it's very kind of, kind of like, very ink and paint. Not ink and paint, but like very kind of like, very well, specific art I mean like the character for, design. Yeah. Like the... I can, well, the, I can see it almost kind of looks like yeah, Peter Toole's character. Basically, if, if Peter Toole were taller, more slender, mm-hmm. then it would look like Desert Peach. But yeah, that movie is four fucking hours long. Yeah, man. It's really good. It's beautiful. But they, yeah, I you got... Didn't get the, I you didn't get to the crazy part where things start to go bad. Because the whole first half... Uh, the whole, whole first half of Lawrence Arabia is things kind of... Lawrence Arabia kind of falls into success. Yeah, it's his inexplicable triumph. Oh, it's going to go terrible for poor... When are you going to watch the rest L- of it? Like L- sometime Lawrence. this week or something like that? Probably. I don't know. I've got a busy... Yeah, week. what do they call him? L- uh, L- Lawrence. Lawrence or something? Yeah, because I don't Lawrence. pronounce Lawrence quite correctly, but... Lawrence. Oh, yeah, the only Arab in the whole goddamn movie is Omar Sharif. Yeah. Aside from all the extras, but the, as far as, like, the main speaking yeah. characters... Yeah. Okay. It's a pretty movie, though. It's gorgeous. Man, one of the things I love uh, best about Lawrence of Arabia, just from how it looks, is you have these big, wide, uh, open desert vistas, which are really big and beautiful, but... It's kind of a flat image, mm-hmm. just because you're so far away, and just like there's not a lot of depth there. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes, who directed Lawrence of Arabia? Uh, David Lean. Yeah. I love him, because he influenced Empire of the Sun, one of my uh, favorite Steven Spielberg movies. Anyway, so what David Lean does sometimes, just to get some uh, depth into some of the shots, is sometimes he'll do this thing where, if the camera's going to be creeping up on this big, white, flat vista... Yeah. Uh, he'll have the camera kind of roll up across a bunch of rocks in kind of this very kind of three-dimensional way, just add yeah. some depth and make sure... And it's almost like his way of showing you that, like, this is actually filmed live on location, and it's not yeah. just some kind of, like, yeah. like processed background photo, photo that the actors are standing in front of, like you exactly. would do, like, in a lot of movies up until Lawrence Arabia came out, where yeah. if you had characters in the desert, they'd either be on a soundstage or it would just be, like, a rear-projected footage of the desert behind right. them or something like exactly. that. He does a really good job of, yeah, sometimes, like, the roundness of, of some of the yeah. formations that he'll... It feels it, like... It, a- it's, it's, a full and rich world. It almost seems like yeah. it would actually kind of make a great 3D movie. Yeah. In, the, in some ways. Yeah. Well, even aside from the well, vast vistas it's, of it's armies and... Like the way that um, the 3D is best used when it's just used to convey depth. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that would be... That's that's all that... All that movie is about whistling emptiness yeah. and finding yourself in whistling Look at Obi-Wan. Emptiness. He's all like... There is nothing in the desert and no man wants nothing. That's yeah! No, there's some great like Zen shit in uh, that movie. Yeah. Oh... Uh, and and then I'm really enjoying it. things go bad for him at the end. Then he's of like, "Of course, Bill, Bill, you know I love stories yes. about idiots who, who make <laughs> bad decisions and expect it to go well for no apparent reason, oh, and then it goes terribly." I still love it's one of those movies where blood is still just like red candle wax. It's like the total. It's like three M, uh, like house paint or like poster paint, where like someone gets shot and it's just like the most cartooniest fucking blood ever. Uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something important. Lawrence Arabia's okay movie. It's I'm really enjoying it. Thank you for lending it to me. Oh, I'm looking forward to the second half. What to make about stuff? What else happened this week? What, what else do? happened? So speaking of red house paint, so my wife and I when we bought our house, the um uh we we were supposed to have like three weeks before we moved in where they were moved out. Oh, that's right. We I forgot about you. Were waiting house. for these sons of bitches to move out. They yeah. moved out two days after um that three weeks was over. They were assholes and they didn't clean the house and it was terrible. But beyond that, um, 
they, when they bought the house, they did very little to it. They didn't even paint over the builder's paint that, um, that the builders had put in when they manufactured the place. Pretty new house. Builder's paint. Yeah. My house is like 11 years old. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, builder's paint is like, it's literally like the cheapest low grade flat paint mm-hmm. and it's just, it gets dirty and filthy and terrible and they didn't clean their house very often and they didn't clean before they left. So they're just like, ter- like where in the office, you can tell where his computer tower was cause there's just belched dust all yeah. over, like Aww. in the paint that you can't clean off no yeah. matter how we try. So we never had a chance to clean or paint because we had to move in. So we've been waiting to figure out really what we want to do for painting. And uh, and also because, I mean, now that we're moved in, we're going to have to move everything to paint. So we haven't really been motivated to do so. On uh, Thursday morning, I forgot that I my Tumblr queue on Tumblr is maybe about 75 posts deep at this point. So I can't even remember what I have queued. <laughs> More than once, I've seen something come up on Tumblr. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I should post that. And then re- realize it's from my queue. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one of my things that I had queued up was this pulp cover. There was this really graphic image that was half orange, half white, and split by this woman's form. And her flesh kind of dissolved into the white. And the orange dissolved into her sweater. Yeah. And I thought it was such a cool... It's almost just like a silhouette wearing a sweater with a lady's yeah, head on top and she's exactly. like undressing herself yeah, yeah she's pulling the sweater over her head and it was just such a striking image and i looked at it fully and i said that would make a really cool mural and she just looked at me and said well let's do it and so we got in bed and went and bought paint well it's minimal amount of colors and stuff too it's not like yeah. like like you only need like orange did yeah. you just use did she just use the white base that was already there she didn't like we repainted the wall white because it was shitty flat. Yeah, this may not make a lot of sense unless you've actually seen the picture that we're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm I'll sorry. I'll post a link ahead. to it in the show notes. Yeah. But we painted, uh, we repainted white, like a good white, and then just used that as the background. And then we, we did, uh, I have this long haul with this Because um, the lady's skin wall. is white, and that essentially turns into the lady's skin as the exactly. white part. Yeah. So it's, I have this long, awkward hallway with just this narrow, pretty much door width wall on it. We had some awkward drained on it, and I never really liked it. So we, it was pretty much the same dimensions as that cover, more or less so she painted that and then we painted the wall um along that same side as the orange all of that orange yeah too. it's like cheeto dust orange too it's it like is. nuclear orange yeah. well it was when it was when i had it on my hands when it's actually in the hall it looks great okay but well it's oh, also gonna change coolest. color once it, it dries too so oh yeah so it's gonna be a little bit darker like it's, it is a, the coolest. a tolerable orange not just yeah. it is the coolest thing i have ever done yeah, in my life really good job she replicating that guy knocked it yeah. out of the fucking you got park. a naked lady at the end of the hallway saying so hey good. how you doing it is I'm, so good i'm gonna show you my titties in about two seconds it's really awesome yeah oh man and that, that, that's, that was a simple enough image. She could just paint. She could just yeah. knock it out in like an hour. And she or two. did a yeah. fucking, fucking fantastic job. And what's hilarious is that this is what I love about owning a house. And the, me and my wife is that we had. I saw this on Tumblr, yeah. and we had it done less than thirty six hours later. <laughs> Great. So like in your bathroom. Like on the opposite wall from the toilet where you're sitting is just like Foley's gonna paint like Tom Hardy taking a selfie. We she or did so, actually like, say like... that above our bed because now she's got the mural bug and we're yeah. talking about what else we're gonna do above her, our bed on my side it's gonna be Idris Elba on her side it's gonna be Tom Hardy <laughs> looking Making at each other up? going shh <laughs> they're sleeping. <laughs> But also, she t- proposed. but also secretly touching wieners. Touching wieners yeah. underneath our headboard. That's, That's correct. Hilarious. Yeah. So that was our awesome week. Um, what else do you do with this week, Bill? What I do? Oh, we got show notes. I actually wrote this shit down. Yeah. Oh, I played Attack of the Friday Monsters. Speaking of Pacific Rim and what is Kaiju. Attack of the Friday Monsters? I never heard about this. This, this is a video game that just came out for the 3DS for eight bucks. It's available on the eShop. Hmm. It's just a downloadable game. I had uh-huh. never heard about this until it came out on on Wednesday. It's this game where oh I I I, I should jump back. This is actually something I, I meant to mention last week. Last week, um, 
This magazine called Scroll put out the special issue that was funded by Kickstarter. Uh-huh. Uh, Scroll is this uh, retro gaming zine put out by uh, Rain Barnhold, who is... If you ever listened to Retronauts on 1UP, uh, that podcast or anything like that, he has... Yeah, he essentially uh, writes and publishes his own retro gaming zine. And on Kickstarter, he decided to do a specific zine about his favorite gaming franchise of all time, which is called the Summer Vacation Series. Uh, the Summer Vacation series is a video game uh, series that only came out in Japan, and what it is, it's about this kid who gets sent off to his aunt and uncle's for the summer. Well, at least this is specifically the plot of the first Summer Vacation game. It came out, came out like maybe 15 years ago for like the PlayStation. And so it's about a lot of people compare this game to Animal Crossing because it's this game where you're just running around like collecting bugs and just like watering flowers and stuff like that. But whereas like Animal Crossing is just kind of like this there's no point to the game the, the summer vacation games take place over the course of a very specific month and even though you're kind of doing like it's like animal crossing that you're like catching bugs and kind of running errands for people who live in the small uh summer town that you're vacationing in uh the plot does advance from day to day mm-hmm. and there's 30 days that you uh uh spend out you know it's the, that that's essentially the scope of your summer vacation and actually, rather than running errands, the whole kind of like the real dramatic thrust of the game is uh, you just checking in with uh, your aunt and uncle every day just to see how they're doing. Uh, you eventually, f- it's a little weird because I guess when you move into your aunt and uncle's place out in the uh, out, out out in the country, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little weird because you find out that they already have a room fashioned with all a bunch of little boy stuff, mm-hmm. and that seems kind of weird. And you find out that they actually had a son who just died recently, mm-hmm. and you kind of moving in is kind of helping them get over the fact that they just lost their son. Mm-hmm. And there's also like a girl who hangs out in the neighborhood that you talk to her, and like yeah. there's an so it's basically like Animal Crossing and Shenmue. Yeah, exactly. That's almost exactly what it is. Yeah. And so uh, this Attack of the Friday Monsters game is actually put out is it's it's made by the same guy, mm-hmm. and it's almost the same thing except instead of just being wandering around for a month in, randomly in the country, you're in this small town outside of Tokyo where it just happens to also be a world where kaiju monsters attack the next town over every Friday and everyone <laughs> hangs out and watches the kaiju, like these giant Japanese monsters attack the small town next door. Yeah. But it's all kind of cute and fun. They're like, hey, let's go up on top of the hill and watch millions of people on the next town over <laughs> die every week. And not only that, but there is a kaiju TV show that is produced inside the town that you're hanging out in every okay. week. And so, the uh, Attack of the uh, Friday Monsters, which is, like I said, it, it, it's essentially the reimagining of the Summer Vacation game series from 15 years ago. Yeah. As of this new game just released for the 3DS. Um, so, yeah, you're the small boy running around kind of talking to your neighbors. But then there's this whole thing about, like... So it's, it's it's the game's very nostalgic for old kaiju Japanese bullshit, except yeah, yeah the kaiju actually exists in that world. Yeah. But there's also everyone's also a fan of kaiju TV shows on TV, and like the t- TV show is produced in town. Yeah, and you go hang out with like the people who produce the show. Yeah, but there's all this weird thing where like little boy, like you're you're, you're playing as he he discovers like the special effects factory where they make the aliens you know misinterpret uh-huh. that into thinking oh my god this is where uh, they're actually producing the aliens that will attack our town and he flips out and calls the cops and there's all this kind of crazy shit and actual real aliens show up like doctor who kind of shows up there's an <laughs> old man time traveling alien who shows up who six a giant kaiju monster on the town and it turns out you're an alien and your dad's an alien so and- it's exactly like the my summer vacation <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's, it's like that but with like this extra layer uh, it's 
You kind of have to play it. It's fucking bonkers. How did it get localized? I have no idea. Because <laughs> three people are going to... Oh, the other thing, too, is this game is only three hours long. And it's $8. <laughs> and there's nothing to do except walk around and talk to people. There's this little card game where you have to, like, battle other kids. Yeah. In this little neighborhood. Yeah. And... And it's a great thing. The only po- the whole the only point of this card game is if you beat someone in the card game, it's just a rock paper scissors card game with monster kaiju cards. Right. If you beat them, they become your slave. And the, the only the only thing that being your slave means is that when you cast a magic spell on them, you just go boom 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 boom. They have to pretend to fall down like you killed them, and then you have to like make them like pretend that like you like arise, come back to life, and they come back to life. And that's all. It's not like it's anything. <laughs> casting spells on each other pretending yeah. to be kaiju yeah it's all just like really cute there's not it's like a very fluffy game yeah it's, it doesn't take it so very seriously yeah. but it's still it's just fucking weird <laughs> and it takes place specifically like in a small japanese town right side out of tokyo like 1971 huh. so like you're nostalgic at all for like watching old gamera or godzilla movies yeah this seems to be kind of like the t- tiny town that godzilla would smash in one of those movies yeah. except yeah, it's just so weird. These people are like, yeah, monster's gonna attack next town next door. Let's go hang out and get some popcorn. <laughs> and like, so, like, there's a part where there's a monster attack that, in your town at the end, and suddenly everyone's like, oh my god, this is horrible. And I'm like, man, I'm sure the people in the town next over are laughing and are like, finally going, oh, thank god our town isn't gonna get attacked. They're the ones on their hill watching, eating popcorn, just exactly. watching you get fucked up. Exactly. It's fucking weird, but Attack of the Friday Monsters... I, I still wholeheartedly, reg- uh, I recommend it. It is fuck. I am explaining it I extremely it. poorly you terrible. You know what? Even, it, the older I get, the more I realize video games that are just unique and strange experiences yeah. are hella worthwhile. Well, especially, it's it's rare to get, like, that kind of kooky, weird Japanese game experience yeah, these days. Yeah, outside of... Like, yeah, like, Japan. I'm glad within the last year we had Tokyo Jungle. Did you actually play Tokyo <laughs> yes, Jungle? Yes, I did. We, I'm sure we talked about it on the podcast. A friend of mine uh, sent me an email. He was like, I just realized I really want there to be... Last of Us, but with a Pomeranian or house cat. I'm like, it's called Tokyo Jungle. He's like, yeah, but it's like all you do in Tokyo Jungle is eat, run, and fuck. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it needs more zombies and feelings. That's true. There should have been more of that in Last of Us. (laughs) Imagine going up to sniff and test his ass and suddenly hearts come out of your head. Stop, stop, (laughs) stop. Hey, what did I do this week? (laughs) I, um. Oh my god. I haven't, I've been really bad about consuming media this week, but uh, yeah. I have been watching Orange is the New Black, which is the new Netflix original Tell series. Tell me, all the Netflix envelopes I'm getting this week have that shit on, advertised on it. Tell so, me what's you know about. how Arrested Development was charming, but not necessarily actually good? Yeah. <laughs> it's because all the good they were saving up for Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. Are you saying it's better than Arrested Development? Yes. Oh. So there, it's a totally different beast. It's, it's, it's got baby blue in her boobies, her freckled boobies in it. It does not have how Ali Shawkat. That how is take... true. How do I, I compare know. anything to Ali Shawkat? It's hard to come up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... true. Ali Shawkat. Maybe that was my problem with the rest of development. It just <laughs> didn't have enough Ali Shawkat. Anyway. And she was never a prisoner and there was no like strips or sexy like, how you doing? Uh, no. Uh, it's like actually being... really cute. The reason why I watched this Origin of the New Black show is because my um, future brother-in-law sent me a text just saying, hey, you should really watch Origin of the New Black. And so I'm like, oh, that's very sweet. He ne- he very rarely makes so recommendations there's lesbianism. Well, that's the thing. I fired up 20 seconds in their nude women in the shower making out. So it's a, like, it's a women's prison comedy though, right? It's... it's it's, I don't want it, dramedy is the most obnoxious phrase, but it, it's... So like the wonder years, but in ladies' prison. But it's 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 just interesting because it's you. there are a lot of very different types of women in it, which is really cool, and the types of women you normally would never see in media. Like, people who are ugly or strange-looking. 
And it's... I'd imagine that that would be comedians. That's just like, like if you're going to get a cast for that. And there's like a trans woman playing a trans woman character. Okay. And um, uh, Kate Mulgrew is in it. She's great. Yeah, she we got made Captain character? Janeway. Yeah. She plays this, uh, the, the cook in the ch- kitchen. How who does is she a, sound? A, she has a Russian accent. Oh my god. She's actually great. Well, what she, she should be the Russian kaiju in the next Pacific <laughs> movie. Oh my so god. So what's great about this show is that you, um, it's all these women in, and the, the protagonist is this white lady, this boring, obnoxious white lady who um, was involved in a crime 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, the statute of limitations on it on her crime is 12 years, and she gets caught. So even though she's a totally different person living a totally different life, she has to go to prison. And she's living in New York with her fiancé, who's uh, this uh, unemployed writer and living in his, his parents' flat for very little rent. And she quit her job as, like, a waitress so that she could start a bath products company. Did we like, mention this is specifically, like, the new Netflix original, though? I did. Yeah, so you yeah. can she, you, you can sit down and watch. Netflix, you can blast through. It's all yeah. been uploaded. Just like the I've only Arrested seen the first four episodes. Okay. But it's really pretty it's solid. It's just, like, ten episodes? Four? I don't know how many there are. But okay. what's, what's fascinating is it's just all of the very... So she's the protagonist, and the um the, I like the way it's edited because it kind of, it goes from the present and flashing to the past and to like the way it, and so it, it's mostly about the protagonist, but we also get to see the stories of all these women it's who a bit lost. are only good because no no, no I'm just saying but like that like the flashback structure of filling out people's but backstories. What's really nice is that the flashbacks and everything it's only. It's never as on the nose as Lost was. Like well, they, Lost is a whole different kind of show, but right, I'm just talking about the basic structure. It's, yeah. it's great because like you get to see these little elements of these women's lives, and they've lived such different lives. It's just, I'm really enjoying it. It's very it's pretty well written. It's super well acted. Okay. I'm really enjoying it. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. So, And there are titties in it. Oh, that's right. Enough. All different Wait, types Netflix? of titties. You can There's see, no rating. They don't have to worry about rating stuff. So they could have like swearing and titties. In you can see titties and butts, but it's just like basic also cable, like we no could have a naked maybe blue someday in Arrested Development. If, you they, could, they, Bill. if they're really hurting for ratings, so like start that who's Kickstarter. the youngest female cast <laughs> no. member we have that we I can can't be mean to Ali Shawkat. She seems like a really nice person. No, with that nice stuff, you want to see her press. <laughs> People. Terrible. What? So there's this diner here in town that has the cutest waitress. I have the oh, biggest, no. biggest crush on her. Yeah. And um, it's also my favorite breakfast place here in town. So we went and had I just breakfast. imagine fully just dressed like Mel's diner waitress. Like, how you doing, honey? Yes, Bill. So we went to this diner yesterday. We were normally seated in her section, and she's yeah. really sweet, and everyone there is really What's sweet. What's she look like? Um, She's... A little shorter than me, very curvy brunette. Aww. Um, she has a incredibly. I actually realize, as fully aside, you have a gay type where I it's kind of like the brunette, kind of like. Well, I like I like all ladies. Voluptuous. <laughs> I like all ladies. It's, yeah. It's really... No, but you tend to have like that. Almost sounds kind of like Alia Shawkat, a little bit like kind of like. My wife yeah. and I both have a thing for brunettes. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I like many different types of ladies. <laughs> Um, I have an, a, one particular dog. cartoon character type of man. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, ladies, no, I you, like lots of... You want to breed with Hercules. <laughs> Whereas with ladies, you're a little more like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's interesting to be... a le- to, I'm I'm getting in touch with my inner lesbian. Um, I never really did. And my wife is such an amiable lech that uh, we talk about this stuff a lot. And it's interesting to kind of figure things out. But what's so funny is that at this diner... <laughs> Fully, just fully. At some point, was just making like, you know, in that Tex Avery cartoon with the wolf. Yeah, 
There was a moment. There was a moment where she was like two seconds away from slamming a fist on the table and her tongue lolling out. Like at the same girl. We yeah. Oh yeah, because this girl is totally cute. And it was just like one of those moments of like fully. We can't be those lesbians, especially if you're. Are you really friendly with her too? Oh yeah. So like your guy friendly, and so she turns around. You guys are both just like. (laughs) I know. We're the worst. Fuck you if you even drop a spoon. We are the worst humans. (laughs) I tell you, lesbians. I know. Is there any chance that she might be? I don't know. No, 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 I'm not saying that like you pick her up, but like, like, if she knew about this, how do you think she would react? I think okay if I'm this person, she, I'm yeah. a, I, what if I'm in the service industry <laughs> and I have to interact with these people who are openly objectifying? Because if you were guys, this would be See, a different that's the thing. thing. They would ask me to leave. Yeah. My okay, I worry about this because my wife is really charming and my wife is very <laughs> open. And when my wife is attractive to someone, she'll just tell them. Yeah, no, and it comes off as cute and yeah. charming. I don't. I don't flirt. I am not a flirt. I have no context or language for flirting, so I'm just worried. I seem like the creep in the corner. I can just your face turning beet red. That's Wolf much it. style. Yeah. Or you just imagining them naked, just staring and not stopping. <laughs> just like, you're ordering your eggs, and you're just like staring at the tits, and just kind of like... I worry I'm like a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> like Rick Moranis oh, over I don't here. know if I could ever go there again. Oh, my God. Oh. How how often, how, when have you started going to this place? Uh, it's it's near our house. So we started, it's like our, my favorite neighborhood place by my house. That is funny. If you guys would be completely It'd be terrible. Situation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel, I feel terrible. Because I think about what if I were in that situation, I would feel awful well especially if she's straight it depends on what kind of sense of humor she has she might think it's she might think it's flattering that she's got two lesbians just fully wanting is charming to fully is charming I'm, like, until I'm a creepy Day, yeah i'm a creepy ledge anyway you talk about something <laughs> why would i do did i see anyone i wanted to bang this week i don't think so oh talk about the search you just finished it the search part oh, two yeah so um oh azula's hot um, do so I want to bang her? No. I don't get shy so, when I watch Avatar The Last um, Airbender. Uh, Dark Horse has been, we've talked about this in the past, Dark Horse has been coming out with these astounding Avatar The Last Airbender comics that are take place after the end of the original Avatar series, written by the amazing Gene Lang and drawn by an amazing art team um, out of Japan. It's called like Gear Hero or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they just do a phenomenal job. These books are so good. It's if one of the like best Avatar, produced comics that available right now, just yeah. in terms of how it looks. And even just like the printing stock and... I'd how it's say bound and everything. It's just a really, really attractive comic to read. Avatar: The Last Air. These Avatar: The Last Airbender comics and uh, the um, the Last of Us comics. Those are some of the best. I need to. Comics I still need to read this. I have read. And it's still Dark in my Horse. Yeah, yeah, Dark Horse is knocking it out of the park with this licensed comic stuff yeah. by getting people who know the material and care about it. Yeah, they're very smart about job. that. Yeah, but yeah, no. The the mo- the second part of the search came out. It's really solid. They're exploring, the search being um, the search for uh, Zula and, and Yuka, Zuko's mom. Zuko's mom. Yeah. If you're familiar with the series, that'll be It was be a big, big mystery from the show. Yeah. And they're doing this an excellent job This is pretty much the one big uh, uh, untied-up plot thread from Avatar yeah. The Last Airbender that didn't get wrapped up by the end of the show, yeah. so they just turned it into super, a comic book. Yeah. Super, super enjoyable. This Highly is, recommend it. Is... I don't want to talk about it too much, because anybody who's inclined to read it should read it, and just, it doesn't, it's a... It's a quick read, though. And, like, all comics, unfortunately. How much is this? Because I was complaining about... Eight bucks? Yeah, it's a lot. Well, you can get it on Amazon for like six bucks. Yeah. That, that, that's how much. What's funny because like this is like literally like a five minute read. Costs eleven dollars. And I was complaining about Attack of the Giant Robots being three hours long, costing eight dollars. I don't. 
for quality, I'll pay for quality. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. And like, well, like, 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 if you're gonna think about it that way, Last of Us is what like a 15 hour game that's sixty dollars. I got so I it got just my a, $60 like worth. like there's no one scale of how many hours of entertainment you get from one thing versus dollar value. Did I tell really you about works. my friend Grant in The Last of Us? Did oh, I tell no, you this? No, no, no. So, Grant so has Grant, weird ideas Grant about how has, things work. Grant is amazing. So. Grant is very much so a budget gamer because he's he doesn't have a lot of surplus funds. Does he own a house? Yes. Well, sadly you do too, but yeah. Well, here's the difference. He bought his house with zero money down, which means his mortgage payment is Well, that's insane. what when he moved into town, he went to the goddamn Tom Nook. <laughs> and then he's wondering He did actually I so, so weird because he his instead of a wallet he does carry just a giant yellow pouch with a little bell on it. So he owns a house and he has a boyfriend uh, with a addiction to Blu-rays. So it's oh, a bad, that's it's a a bad dangerous time, combination. Yeah. But anyway, oh, so no. Grant is a very budget-minded person, and he's like, "What is my hour per dollar?" He's one of those gamers. So he's just gonna buy Skyrim. Well, or... he he's he's my friend who has every single last achievement for Morrowind, which is hard to do, yeah. by the way. But he's played thousands, like, he, he wants a game where he can get 100 hours out of it. So, he had to choose between buying Last of Us or State of Decay. What the State of Decay? I've never oh, heard of Oh, did you not hear about this? this is no. the, oh, I assumed you would have. State of Decay is the Xbox Live downloadable title that's, like, a persistent zombie um, no. game. It's supposed to be kind of like uh, um, uh, Dead Rising without the dumb sense of humor and with, like, uh, it's like a... Pervasive. I don't he bought State of the K. It's a system. How much it's, was this? State of K is supposed to be really good. State of K is like twenty bucks. If you like systems, like a system. Is but I could say if it's twenty bucks, and you but here's can get the thing. 100... Oh, so here's no. how he made that judgment call. He's oh, like, well, no. State of the K is twenty dollars. It's getting a lot of really good reviews, and I can get a lot of play out of it. This is then what he said to me. I watched the opening and closing cinematics of Last of Us, <laughs> and I don't see what the big deal is, so I got stated to K. That seems that makes sense. Can you imagine? No, no. I am so mad at him. So mad. Because now, even if he ever does play The Last of Us, he's seen the fucking Wait, closing if, even cinematic. Watch, even if you watch that, you still have to wonder like, no how context. he gets from... Yeah, there's still no context for it, but still, to, the whole point of that game is the tension of what the fuck is going to happen at the end of it, and he has deflated it. He's deflated it for himself. I am so. I part of me is like, wow. you're dead to me. Why is <laughs> you're it? dead if to me? If he's this money, like money conscious, why is he buying video games? Like technically, yo-yo costs six ninety nine <laughs> at, at at the fucking toy section of your grocery store. Literally thousands of hours of entertainment there. That's you don't have to true. worry about electricity to run it that or is TV. True. I mean, if you want to get that monstrously about it, that's uh. terrible. So I watched especially the last he's got a great setup. Like cinematic. he's got a big Blu-ray setup with a giant like projection TV. It'd be a yeah. great setup to watch to, yeah, to, play, to play The Last of Us. Yeah. But didn't he buy oh. Uncharted? Oh, he loves Uncharted. But yeah. What? But then Uncharted's even less. Uh-huh. Uncharted's even uh-huh. shorter. Yeah. That's a that's an actual like six to eight hour uh-huh. game. Yep. No. See, makes me nuts. He even likes survival horror. He loves survival that horror. God damn yeah, it. And he likes stealth games. I want to kill him. I'm gonna shit in his mouth. Does he not think Joel's hot? That's his problem. God damn. Right he doesn't there. like the beards. What anyway, else? what else? Bill, tell me about Good Eats. Oh, there's not much to talk about other than I just like I found a channel on YouTube this week that oh, yeah. it's called Good Good Eats Complete. They yeah. just pretty much have every episode of Good Eats on YouTube. So I've just been watching a lot of Alton Brown this week. <laughs> I bought a shitload of oats this week because I just want to make pinhead oatmeal. What is pinhead oatmeal? It's just steel cut oats, just with like some buttermilk and some milk and some brown sugar and cinnamon. Uh-huh. And just like, I'm just, I like, oats sound good. That's one of those things watching Alton Brown, I'm just like, oh man, he cooks that so simple. I'm like, 
It's a great way to think of like uh, like if you're like if you feel like you're in a food rut, good uh, just randomly throwing on some good eats is good to watch. Just be like, oh yeah, you know what sounds good? Fucking strawberries. You know yeah. what sounds good? Fucking I don't whatever food. Even salmon. I'm like, man, I hate salmon, but like wait, on brown papers. I mean, I would try that again. There's nothing to say. I'm sure everyone's already seen Good Eats. Everyone loves Good Eats. Good Eats is amazing. It's it's proof you have a soul. If you go, mm, Good Eats is good. <laughs> it is true. But yeah, no, I just like like even like Netflix and everything else aside, I just pretty much all I've watched this week while working has just been yeah, Good Eats. It's a good thing to have on. Yeah. Such a goofy goddamn I show. I, for, I forgot how every episode has a crazy props and costumes. And yep. Like, and sometimes it's like, like a very weird little narrative. Yeah. Like, <laughs> very like supporting characters. And some of the stupidest jokes. I know. Well, this, 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 this Oats episode I'm watching has this whole, like, he teaches you how to make haggis out of the blue just because it has oats in it. And so he's like, uh, like he's with this other guy, just dressed in like you know, like fucking Braveheart bullshit, with this terrible Scottish accent, with a sword, trying to mince like uh, sheep hearts and shit like that to make this haggis. And his, his 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 Scottish accent is terrible. He almost sounds like he's Australian. Yeah. And it's just like it's very goddamn cute. Oh, yeah, goodness. just good eats. I mean, that's actually in terms of just sheer amount of stuff I've ingested in terms of like yeah. media this Largely week. It's probably more, mostly just good eats. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. It's all free. I don't know. You think? Because it's not like they don't sell DVDs or anything of Good Eats. So yes, I they wonder do. if maybe do they? Not like a complete collection. Which is crazy. I don't see why they don't. Because yeah. they can make a million. Well, with but that the, shit. you know, there's some like like I don't want to say nonfiction, but you know, like some of those those nonfiction shows they don't get collections, especially because yeah. there's so many fucking episodes. That's true. I mean, too. think about yeah, he basic did, cable. Good Eats was around for like 14 years. There is like probably like hundreds of episodes yeah. of Good Eats. Yeah, you can yeah. get like little collection DVDs. I oh, own yeah, one. Actually. I mean, he has cookbooks and stuff like that yeah. too. So if you're just worried about the recipes, but like so much about the show is just the show. Like you can get the recipes for free online on Food Network. Exactly. But like that's not the it's point. Alton Brown. Yeah. It's Alton Brown laying down some science. So tomorrow you. morning for breakfast, I'm going to rewatch the Oats episode. Oats and cuisine. I should try to <laughs> No, there's no sheep hearts at the local... Oh, man! At the local... Bill, it's Portland. You're going to be able to get sheep hearts. That I guarantee true. you without going outside they the have, 20 block they radius. Have the open, they have the city block with goats down there. I can just still uh, go and make my own haggis. You know what? Honestly, um, uh, what's the name of the grocery store that's uh, um, right next to Powell's on Hawthorne? Mm-hmm. I bet you they'd have sheep hearts. Oh, man. But speaking of the deli section... Yeah. Oh man, Fred Meyer's have deli you seen right up the, here. The girl that works at the butcher counter. No one at, uh, at Fred Meyer's. Which one? This is Andy's Girl Talk Week. There's a girl <laughs> who works at the butcher counter. Is at this Fred Meyers. a younger girl? What do you mean by younger? I don't know. Not forty. She is not forty. Yeah. she's about my age. She's a hunk. She's got a really nice pinup tattoo. She's a total. Is she kind of like brown skin? Because uh, this is this may be the lady who gives me like like sometimes I'll buy steaks and she'll uh-huh. she'll give me the family pack deal even yeah. though I'm only buying two steaks. She's a total cutie and a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah she's a total yeah. badass. Yeah. yeah I oh, I make those guys laugh. Oh, if you next time you go there, uh-huh. to ask about the fat guy who has sex with his twin. What? <laughs> <laughs> this, no, what? <laughs> I had a reputation for going up to Fred Meyer's because I love the garlic pepper chicken breast at this yeah. Fred Meyer's meat deli. And so, like, every other week, I'm just like, can I get three garlic pepper chicken breasts? I grow them on my little grill next to the house. And so, I got the reputation. Every time I show up, I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get you your uh, garlic pepper chicken breast. But sometimes, like, I'll be like, no, I'll get a shish kebab. I'll get a steak. I'll get something else. Just to spice things And I, like, I just realized I started alternating every other week. Yeah. And so, they were like, oh, hey, were you just in here? Well, like, like they, they were confused by the fact that I was switching up my order every week. And so, yeah. I, like, one week, I was like, oh, that other guy, that's my evil twin. And he's at home right now. And they were like, well, what's he doing? Why he? Why didn't he come here shopping for food with you? And I was like, oh, he's home having sex with the meat he bought last week. 
And like, I was just joking these guys back and forth and turning this narrative about how I have this twin who we sometimes have sex, but then I show up and like, I, I, I eat the chicken, but whatever beef he buys, he has sex with and all this crazy stuff. And like, these guys fucking die laughing. <laughs> And I usually show, show up early enough. There's not usually a big crowd, so we yeah. can make, make these jokes because yeah. it's not like you know. It's not like there's like a five year old. There's no kids girl, around right? or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's this taller like Latino looking guy who, who usually wears a hairnet, who yeah. I usually joke with the most. And there's a couple <laughs> black guys in the back, and there's the lady. Yeah, probably the I lady you're talking. Big ta- crush on her. Yeah, and she's she she yeah she she's the one who like really helps bring out the jokes. Because <laughs> like uh, one or two times I started making like off color jokes. She yeah. like she cracked up enough that I was like, oh, I can push it. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I combine. I I give them all a good fucking laugh. It, it's gotten to the point when i show up like they'll like point to the guys who haven't seen me like oh yeah this is the guy with the twin you're like hey tell him about your twin i'm like oh yeah he's all tied up right now i have to go buy a flank steak to put up his butt they just go oh bill i'm glad you're making my meat girlfriend laugh (laughs) oh your meat girlfriend your witch's girlfriend your meat girlfriend oh my god Oh, this is one of the. This, this is only turning the Fred Meyer's Hawthorne Meat Counter podcast. They have a guy there who specializes in making homemade sausages, and he loves to experiment with coming with new flavors. Yeah, his latest experiment: pepperoni pork sausage, hmm. which makes sense because pepperoni yeah. is pork anyway. Yeah. Why isn't all sausage already have pepperoni? <laughs> I think this is specifically like a pepperoni uh, pizza sausage because it's got like yeah. mozzarella and pepperoni yeah. in it. Yeah. And it's not like big chunks of pepperoni, but just enough that like you bite into it, you yeah. get just a hint of that pepperoni and some melted yeah. mozzarella comes out. <sighs> yeah. I bought two of them. I ate one, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I think that when I eat the other one, like probably after the podcast, when I'm eating the podcast, like as I'm editing the podcast, it's gonna be my new national holiday. <laughs> Finishing off the rest of that pepperoni. Yep. Oh, so good. So good. So my uh, family grew back in Texas yeah. owned a butcher plant. So um, oh, they owned a butcher plant. Yeah, climate okay. company. Um, business for eighty-two years. Long time. There were butchers up in Chicago when the Kleins moved down. Oh, so your family was responsible for a lot of good Texas barbecue. That's right, my friend, and uh, Mexican food. Actually, they supplied a lot of the local Mexican food restaurants oh, yeah, down there okay. with with beef and chicken and everything. So, uh, but they also did butchering. Like, if you would, uh, like, they did a lot of butchering for hunters and everything like that. Oh, really? So they had big oh, so the lockers. butchers can bring their stuff in and just kind of. Yeah, like so. If you if you caught a deer, you take it down to the Klein. To so if I uh, so technically, if I stole one of those goats and wanted to make exactly. haggis, like a mail it's... You kill one Wait, of those is, is, is the factory still there? No, they sold uh, when all the brothers retired. Um, uh, they sold it to this these two yokels who so ran like it the to the s- ground within. Oh, really? Like a year. It's like in the sixties or something. <clears throat> no, that was recently. It was um, when I was like thirteen. Oh, I was really, really mad because I you could wanted... have been the heir to a barbecue kingdom. <laughs> well, beyond that, it's like I was actually kind of hurt because every like my mom had worked at the meat yeah, that was the and, thing. Like, it wasn't just I like wanted... it was the family business, and I never got a chance to work there. Kind of broke my heart a little bit. But anyway, uh-huh. regardless, um, I grew. We'd spend like because we'd go and visit my family all the time, and even when we were living in Texas, and uh, we. Um, the the smell butcher counters smell a very particular way and meat lockers smell a very little particular way and that smell and those (laughs) the sight of a hanging half a cow is actually very comforting to me yeah like they used to that's what you grew up with we kept um they kept popsicles back at the back of the meat freezer so i just i'd run through there and like pass all the sides and everything like that and get popsicles for me and my sister. So there's very specific memories like of, of paneled naughty fur walls and uh, 
uh, terminating in this long hallway, this long cement hallway with these neat lockers. But anyway. Um, Annie, I want to make my summer vacation game about, about your childhood. About in a butcher shop. Oh, you're just running around in a butcher shop. Gotta go home, watch Tailspin. <laughs> so, my point is, is that somewhere out of the blue, I got really homesick this week for that smell. This very particular smell that I, I can't quite pin it down. It's dried blood and spice yeah. and something else. And it's the Is it way... Is it kind of like, 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 like bleach and steel from like all the... Maybe. The I don't know, like man. There's a very particular smell. And I was just so achingly homesick for it. And it's great because every time I tried to explain that to someone, they would look at me like I was insane. You know? <laughs> I, uh, for some reason, when I was growing up in, uh, in, in El Paso, Texas, there was a lot mm-hmm. of oil refineries and yeah. stuff like that. So I, whenever I catch a whiff of diesel, yeah, diesel gasoline... I just kind of like, like takes me all the way back to Texas being like seven years old, just like yeah. smelling that being out in the middle of the, the fucking sandy waste of Texas. Yeah. Of, yeah, of, of West Texas. Sheridan's, which is the grocery store down on MLK, yeah. um, they are an old school, they have an old school um, meat counter back there where they make their own sausages and mm-hmm. it kind of smells like Klein. I'll just go there and just stand there and huff, huff. So guys, email us with your favorite childhood smells <laughs> that take you all the way back. Even better if they have a tinge of terror associated with yeah, them. Yeah, if it's dried blood. When you're talking about, like, I'm so homesick for the I smell, smell of dried, dried blood. blood. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, all right. Okay, everybody. That's fantastic. Bill, you were talking with Maxwell Motley. You should say week. that to the, the hot meat lady. Well, you know what's funny is that I have I have a history of having crushes on butchers. The 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 grocery store that's down by um ha- uh, Powell's on Hawthorne had this really handsome redhead behind the counter. Dude or lady? Dude. Yeah. With the most beautiful beard and the gentlest eyes. And Foley and I Aww. would go and order like whatever from him. And one time we asked him some mildly technical question about what kind of cut we should get of meat for what kind of meal and he went into this really very um uh uh well thought out well worded explanation of yeah. the cut that we needed and why oh, and how to cook it and i'm just i know i ship why she's given me because in the past she's been like like i've been like I'll, I'll tell her like well i see like the steaks over here pre-packed here or like this much yeah and she'll be like like i will never she, she'll she'll tell me like i would never get anything out of these cases just yeah. like let me know what you get and i'll see what like, whatever we have here fresh in the cases right. over here yeah that i can get for you i'll give you a discount like i'll yeah, yeah like oh yeah Anyway, this, po- this, uh, this week's podcast is de- dedicated to, uh, uh, to Fred Meyer's Meat Lady. all the cute butchers of the world. <laughs> God bless. All right, Fred, uh, Bill, tell me about what you're talking about with Maxwell Motley Oh, yeah, this week. me and Maxwell Motley. We tend to hang... Well, we try to hang out on Steam. Just do a Steam chat every Saturday and just hang out and shoot the shit. And I just... Maxwell Motley's fascinating. She's got a life. I, I wouldn't bring it up because it was just us having a private conversation. I wouldn't bring it up on the podcast. But she was talking about how, like... She let last weekend. Well, she's getting ready to get married in two weeks. Mm-hmm. But then she was like off the cuff. She was like, "Oh, I was at the Harry Potter studio tour last week." And I was like, "You were at the Harry Potter Harry Potter studio tour?" Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in Leavesden, in a Harry Potter studio where they filmed all the Harry Potter movies right uh-huh. outside of London, they just instead of tearing all that shit down, they said, "Fine, well, fuck it. We're gonna keep these sets up and charge people to come out and see this shit." Yeah. And she, so she said, "Yeah, she 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 said she's got a ton of photos." But yeah, she went out there and like just had a good old time hanging out like all of yeah. She was talking specifically about how. Ollivander's wand shop, that uh, set is still standing. And it's funny because it goes straight from Ollivander's and turns right into the gift shop. And she apologized <laughs> to us, to Aww. me, for uh, on, on both of our behalf. For, she didn't get us anything from the gift shop. I'm because no longer... she pointed out most of the stuff in the gift shop was like super cheap, like 50 cent chintzy, but yeah. cost like 
Yeah. She was like, well, it's like any any amusement. But like she said, even for a gift shop, it was like a lot most of the stuff. Like the the the, the difference between quality and what they were asking for was just like off the hook. Oh, yeah. And I even told her like, if Annie would have punched you in the face yeah. if she had found out you'd spent that much money on something on that like obviously cost like fifty cents to put yeah. together. But then she was one cool thing she was talking about though, as the Ollivander set is turning into the gift shop. There's a big wall of uh, of boxed wands. Sure. And supposedly what, uh, because Maxwell Motley and her uh, fiancé, they know a couple people who've worked on the Harry Potter movies, what you do is you go up to somebody who works on the studio set tour and say, I know this person, can I go see this person's box? And what this is, there's a whole section of the Ollivander's wand set where all the boxes, if you pop them open, on the inside will be inscribed the name of someone who worked on the movies. Aww. They have the names of ev- all, like, 4,000 people who worked on the movies have oh, a great. box. And you can go in there and just, like, pop it open to get a photo and say, hey, hey, Larry, I saw your Aww. box. Here's a photo. Like, so it's That's like a really tribute sweet. to the people. It's, a, it's an invisible tribute to the Aww. people who, who were killed during the ma- <laughs> making of all the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> Empire State Building. <laughs> you know, every week you'd have somebody fall off. You know, what are you gonna do? But oh, that's pretty good. That's um, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It turns out the small town right in the, that was close next to where they filmed Harry Potter. You know, like when the Titanic sank, that took out like most of the uh, most of the men who were living in the Irish town that built the Titanic. Yes. It's the same thing for that Harry Potter town. Like so many people died during the production of Harry Potter. <laughs> and with that, friends, we're gonna take a little break. Cut people in half to me. Stop. <laughs> no. To make the satires, <laughs> the first thing is they they, they they took the sickest people who were working on the movie and said, you know what, you want, you, you're going to be dead in a year anyway. Do you want to be immortalized in Harry Potter? Oh, and the other thing she was talking about how, oh, we talked about Merlin. Have you ever seen Merlin? I've tried to, well, okay. <laughs> Merlin's terrible, but it's I great. tried to watch a little Merlin and I couldn't get into it, but you need to remember my resentment around Arthurian mythology. I know, you hate it. I, I can't do it. We, I love we spent half much. an hour just talking about Merlin because the last season just showed up on Netflix and Joshin and Bahar upstairs. They've been watching it and like me and Max were just talking about how what of a bummer it is. But how oh uh, we we uh, next week we'll have our, our Merlin podcast. I'll go. make you watch some Merlin. No, no oh, and the one last thing, the crazy thing that Max Motley was talking about, she was talking about this thing called Time for Teas. Which is this place in London? She says if you ever go to London, this is the place you have to go to. It okay. is a tea shop where you go there and you have like really fancy teas and clotted milk and all that. You have like English tea. Right. They also have strippers. What? Yes. <laughs> it's time yes! for teas. Yes. I'm going to go. And she said it's old like 1920s, 30s bordello kind of styled strippers too. It's not like raunchy like oh, wait, dive like bar. Oh, lady tri- strippers? Yeah. Oh, I'm okay, assuming wait, that's what it is. Well, like tassels and stuff like that. I just lost Oh, what do you think? Was it going to be like Ed- 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 Elba dancing? <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, oh, yeah. You said nothing. She gave us a link. You said nothing to imply. I just got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> what if his waitress later meet Lady Dancing? Okay, maybe. Yeah. No, I, there's nothing wrong you with being a place. You were like, let me I'm like, I swear to God, that's exactly the, I mean. Oh, it's naked ladies. Fuck that shit. You are... I swear to God, you are still 90% straight, just 10% gay for Foley. Real sexuality is a scale, right? It's, it's, it's a scale. It's turgid, alright? Alright, oh everybody, we're gonna take a little break. We'll be back for the Geek Week in review. Suppose it costs a dime to kiss a girl on the cheek. How's a fella gonna live on 50 a week? So don't put a tax on the beautiful girls, or we won't get Beautiful girls, or how can 
and they live without love. You can tax my soda, I'll pay it somehow. But don't you think the price of chicken's high enough now? What'll I do on a beautiful night if some nice young fella should call? Okay, we're back with the Geek Week Review. Alright, friends, let's talk about some nerdy-ass shit. Nerdy! I got a surprise for you. Here's the nerdiest thing. Well, not the nerdiest, but here's the most important thing that happened this week. Okay. Annie, you see that red sheet right there? Lift it up. This is this is the first thing that happened this week in the Geek Week in Review. We're going to do a taste test. <laughs> I... Twinkies are back! Speaking of, of, uh, of Fred Myers, I found the... You know what? They still had a lot of Hostess cupcakes left, but I did find the last box of Twinkies wow. they had. This week, Twinkies came back. The sweetest comeback in the history of ever trademark. I forgot it was all Hostess stuff, so it wasn't just the Twinkies, but the cupcakes, yeah. too. So oh, we're going to test this shit on air. We're going to see how they compare Bill, with the old I'm really stuff. impressed by your artistry there. Yeah! yeah I this I was a magician. Actually, I accidentally sat on, sat on these earlier this afternoon. Oh, man. Well, it's it's it's... This is everyone's favorite part of the well, podcast. I saw something. Annie eat food. <laughs> well, there was like some kind of hubbub about how supposedly they had slightly changed the recipe of Twinkies, and also some of the Twinkies are being frozen on the way to distributors. Oh, that's no good. So, all right, here we go. This is a new Twinkie. Well, it tastes like a fucking Twinkie. <laughs> well, that's a Twinkie. <laughs> Boy, that was. I can't believe this was off the shelves for a month and a half. Yup. Guys at home, we should have. <laughs> if only we had taken a break in recording at that point. <laughs> I know, but we're this going to be alive. <laughs> it's just Twinkie. Actually, at least because you know, this is the freshest Twinkie you're ever going to eat in your That's whole life. Because you know these are just produced within that the last couple true. of weeks. Yeah. Can't get much better than that. Well, yeah, it's Twinkie. Yeah, the cream filling. It's not like they made it gritty again. Or... I guess for a while they did, like, they did change the filling Oh, really? Because I heard a lot of people... I, I eat Twinkies, like, once a fucking decade. Mm -hmm. But, like, I guess people... Like, Dylan was complaining about this, how they had changed the, the Twinkie... Oh, they got written a saturated, like, beef tallow. Oh, yeah? Out of the cream. Yeah. And they switched it with, like, something that made the cream, like, really gritty. Yeah. And supposedly that impacted Twinkie sales enough that they switched... I don't oh, know really? if they put beef tallow back into it, but... They figured something else out? Yeah. They, they, they had to do something to make it not, like, a gritty fucking cream filling anymore. I really can't make fun of anyone who gets all up in arms about them changing the flavors on junk food, because no? my favorite frozen treat growing up was Otter Pops. Oh, Love yeah. Otter Pops. I remember one of the first websites I ever visited was the official Otter Pop... Or unofficial Otter Pop fan site. But they... Otter Pop did get bought by flavor ice which is you know it's the one that looks like out of pops but it's not and tastes totally different and they changed the recipe of oh, i don't pops. remember what the difference between the taste because i know otter pops and i know flavor flavor or ice yeah but now otter pops taste totally different now and oh that's the so shame you're never sad. gonna get that back yeah. yeah i have lost my childhood forever oh man, all of Twinkies. life is erased to death i read how much sugar is in a goddamn Twinkie. we're also the drinking serving sizes too Ugh. i can't eat another one how many serving sizes we haven't even tried the cupcakes yet you know what? The cupcakes are still brown. <laughs> they still have fucking swirlies and All shit right, on them. All right, friends. Now that we've eaten in your ears. This is the world's worst podcast, but <laughs> so delicious. So delicious. Uh, Twinkies taste good, though. Time for the Geek Week in review. Have you ever had one of the chocolate-covered Twinkies? They're called, like, chocodiles. No, I don't want to That sounds terrible, but maybe possibly good. No, no. See, I'm a p I am believe in purity of junk food. What's your opinion of zingers? Zingers uh, are essentially fine. just Twinkies with, like, frosting on top. Like, really plasticky frosting. Yeah. But, yeah, it comes off in, like, one 
yeah, one, one wafer. Yep, exactly. Off, yeah. All right, friends, Geek Week is review time. No matter how much Bill wants to talk about junk food, Tyrese Gibson will be the host of Carl Sagan's Cosmos. Who? Tyrese Gibson? That's what you wrote. <laughs> I'm, 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 I must have been tired when I typed that. Tyrese wrote... Gibson, he's the black guy from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> the That's big black wrote. model guy? The guy who looks like Seal? You wrote Tyrese Gibson. Hi, who's the Who's the new science guy that everyone loves? Oh, Neil deGrasse um, Tyson. There we go, Bill. Have you ever seen Tyrese Cosmos? Gibson. No. Cosmos was a PBS special just about space that was uh, written and hosted by a uh, scientific guy, Carl Sagan, in the 80s. Carl Sagan died. They stopped making Cosmos. Patrick Farley was a friend of the podcast. Patrick Farley was a huge fan of this shit. But yeah, they're bringing the show back with uh, with uh, uh, DeGrasse Jr. High. <laughs> the fuck's his name? Uh... His name is now Cosmos because I've never seen him <laughs> on a TV show before. Cosmos is now going to star in Cosmos. Good job. Did you ever see Cosmos? No. It you, was you asked. It was the PBS's most Bill. popular program until the Civil that. War. <laughs> did I when I we, when I was talking about the newsroom last week? Did I mention Sam Waterston? Did I call him Law and Order or did I call him Civil War? <laughs> That's very important. I think you called him Law and Order. No, because he played Lincoln in the Civil War. <laughs> God damn it. Half of Forza 5 on the Xbox One won't even be on the disc. Yeah, did you hear about this? No. There, so what Microsoft is claiming is that in order to give the developers as much time as possible, they're going to make it so literally like half the game will be, it'll be a giant like gig, several gig size download Download when the game comes yeah, that's out. that's nuts. And well, people were like, well, technically, I mean, that, I mean, that makes the most out of the time that you have between now and when the game comes out. But people are suspecting is this microsoft still trying to force an always on yeah. connection on people yeah if they're saying well the only way you can get the most out of your game is to have this connected to the internet somehow yeah which i would not put that past microsoft i I, I hate to be a tinfoil uh, hat kind of guy but it's kind of fucked up when you buy a game you pay 60 dollars for a game yeah and half of that game ain't there on the desk not even like a downloadable content kind of situation but they're just often saying that will download the rest whenever we're fi- we're finished with it. Oh man, it's kind of like th- th- that. That sets a bad precedent. Yeah. When well, I mean, this also pushes. This also just acknowledges also that we're moving more towards a digital future where a game that is released digitally exclusively. I mean, you don't have to worry about pressing discs. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe the game isn't done until the night before it comes out. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I mean, day one patches are such a commonplace thing. But yeah, but this anyway. is funny because this is like the evolution of the day one patch where it's yeah. not just like patching the game or maybe cu- putting it's, a couple it's things. It's the game. It's really just, yeah, it's just yeah. basically like half of what you already paid for at the store. Oh, video and games. Like, I can't imagine, like, they said the game will be complete enough that you can play it without the patch, but you're only going to have a very limited number of tracks and cars and like... Hmm. Ah, fuck. It's weird. Those poor yeah. soldiers overseas. That's all I think of every time I hear about all this internet connectivity garbage. Yeah. Poor soldiers overseas. Where I this, is this, their... is, this is far from the worst thing they have to worry about. Oh, no, I know that. But... but seriously, if one of your favorite things is the kickback and... Play some video games. Man. There's, there should be a new, like, child's play, except for instead of sick kids at hospitals, it's soldiers. Like, you just... Pretty much. We gotta send these soldiers, like, uh, GameCubes with Smash I'm sure bubbles. there are non-profits, though. I'm sure there that. is, but, like, yeah, just, like, fucking Christ. Come on. And it's Microsoft doing this, too. It's, it's yeah. very remarkable. It's Microsoft for a Xbox One launch game that are pushing this whole thing of, like, the game's... You need an internet connection to actually play half the game. Yeah. So. Ugh. The new Godzilla design was released, a reveal this week, I should say, which is pretty much just a subtle combination of the 60s and 80s era Godzilla with a George Lucas neck roll. Yeah, he That's got a little me. neck fat. <laughs> but he got the big spikes and stuff. I forgot yeah. that there's, with everyone flipping out about Pacific Rim, I forgot, yeah, there's a new Godzilla movie coming out next hmm. week. Next, next week? week? Am I, my? I, oh, I'm projecting again. 
No, next year. Next year. With Breaking Bad. With oh, with Brian Cranston. Yeah. I don't know. Does he? Is he? Uh, is Hank Azaria in it? Is a fast talking taxi driver? <laughs> I've never seen that one. Was it? Uh, what, what, what's your opinion of the original? Not the original Godzilla. Literally, the original American Godzilla movie. Literally, all I can remember from the Godzilla remake was Hank Azaria was a taxi driver, and is the, I'm pretty Broderick sure. Oh yeah, Matthew Broderick's the protagonist, and I'm pretty sure the last shot of the film is someone finding in a subway hundreds of thousands of eggs. Yeah, I was. I was. That's all for, I can I remember. I thought that was going to be the ending of Pacific Rim because you have a pregnant monster show up and i thought that was you're gonna find out yeah. they laid a bunch of eggs before it eats yeah hellboy exactly spoilers for pacific rim <laughs> maxwell motley i'm sorry she was talking about how she hasn't been able to see pacific rim yet because she's spending too much time and money worrying about wedding stuff that's valid spoilers i think that's a better rim. way to occupy your time well, she was talking about there. like if you want to go see pacific rim on the theater though it costs 60 but 60 bucks for two people because we we're doing the math because tickets there for like an imax showing are 30 pounds uh-huh which is still way more because like it's like twenty dollars an IMAX yeah. ticket here in the states for a movie. Yeah. And there's like and even like even if it was just twenty pounds there, it would still be more because of the pounds. And it's fucked up anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's expensive to go see movies in the UK, even more it's than crazy. this here in the states. Crazy. But yeah, no Godzilla. Yeah, he just got a fat nut. It's just really old school Godzilla. Except he got fat nut little necro. He's got like his squashed little face. They didn't try to make him look like a big like. Like, like Tyrannosaurus Rex or anything yeah. like that. He's just a big stand-up looking guy. Almost looks like he could still be, just be a guy in a suit, even though I guess he's all CGI. But yeah, he got a fat neck now. He got a little <laughs> neck waddle. That's hilarious. Oh, Godzilla. He got chubby. He's been underwater for too long. Fire too many Twinkies. Firefly Online is coming to iOS and Android in 2014. It's gonna be an i. It's gonna be a mobile. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. People are gonna love it. <laughs> yes, because now is the time for a Firefly. <laughs> Strike when that iron is <laughs> dead cold and no one cares about it. Oh, man, when we went to the diner to objectify the waitress, there was this adorable couple sitting across from us. Oh, God. And the, he was wearing a blue sun shirt and a, a shitty driver's cap and a, and a poor beard. And she was wearing a T-shirt that was um, uh, a, the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz going into a room and there's a word balloon coming from his mouth that ha it has a picture of a brain in it and a question mark and then the room is full of zombies and I'm just sitting here looking at them as they're being really sweet and talking to each other and I'm just like you guys you guys are perfect for each other it was so cute so cute <sighs> did you see there was a who's who's American McGee that guy who does like a bunch of oh the bullshit? shippy the shitty Alec did Alex you like yeah did you see who was he had a kickstarter where he's trying to start a video game that was I think it was a video game for Oz Zombie, uh, which was a Wizard of Oz, but with zombies. Do you remember his Wizard of Oz pitch? That no. He wanted to make a Wizard of Oz game, and then game never came to fruition, but they came out with action figures. Really? You need to look up I these. I hate this fucking guy. The American McGee, Wizard of Oz, Todd McFarlane. Google that. Was this? Was... That's the one where it's Bondage Alice with the munchkins. Was that the Penny Arcade strip? That, like, yeah, I think. Yeah, was American McGee's yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Strawberry Shortcake. Yeah, that, that, was, was? that was the joke that was oh, making fun of that. Oh, my fucking God. But yeah, you need to look it up just because it's the most stupid Fuck thing that you've guy. ever it's seen. It's the laziest. I know. Oh. He's just a hot topic machine. That's all he is. Really? Yeah, Jesus Christ, Oy. man. Anyway, okay. So, it's come to this, says Bill. A Simpsons Family Guy crossover. Also, a Simpsons Futurama crossover. Coming soon, is Bill's joke. A Simpsons Crank Yankers crossover. <laughs> 
Okay, so Futurama. Oh, I, I wrote that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Craig Eagers are fucking terrible. Futurama and The Simpsons kind of make sense, but Simpsons. Well, especially because Futurama guy? shutting down. I could see why they might be like, okay, well, let's before Futurama gets shut down, possibly yeah. for good. Not not unlike before, we kind of got canceled out of the blue. At least now we know what's coming. So you know, we'll, we'll, we like this is one chance for like our two different production units to work together. Blah blah blah. But yeah, fucking Family Guy. I for a moment, well, there was there was a rumor for a long time that the twenty fifth season of The Simpsons, which was going to be this season that starts up like in, in this September, was mm-hmm. going to be the last one that they were uh-huh. going to say. Well, it's been twenty five years. It's been a good run, especially because I think. Uh, there was, like, two years ago, there was a big contract dispute between the... Oh, yeah, with the voiceover actors. Yeah, and supposedly this is one chance where they actually did get a bunch of money, but it was only going to last towards the 25th season. And really, uh-huh. everyone was saying there's no way they were going to get their... Next time they renew their contract, they're going to have to take a pay cut. They're not going to get, like, another boost like they did, uh, the, like, the last time. And so everyone was just assuming the 25th season was going to be the last. Although, now they have come out and said, supposedly, if this Futurama crossover episode that may be coming along, if it's not the 25th season finale, it will be the 26th season. So I guess they're already planning for another season. So, but I assumed, like, I thought when they announced, like, even the Family Guy crossover, I thought, well, what would the, if the 25th season is going to be the last one, I guess maybe this is going to be the season where they try to get all the crossovers out of the way where it's going to be, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with The Simpsons, though. Fucking Family Guy. I, I don't hate yeah. Family Guy. I don't hate, it's not like I fucking want to punch Family Guy in the face. It's just, like, just... How creatively bankrupt is The I Simpsons just, where it's just like, ah, Family Guy. The thing about Family Guy is that I was always like, okay, whatever, Family Guy. Yeah, it's but, not like I'm fucking butt fucked. Did you ever see it. the episode of South Park about Family Guy, about the Family Guy's writer's room? No, you told this me about is this, my though. Favorite is this the thing, thing with the manatee? Just, it's a tank full of <laughs> dolphins, and, and the, tank, the tank is just full of balloons with various <laughs> pop culture references on it, and it's just these what? dolphins that, like... I'm surprised that they haven't announced a Simpsons South Park crossover, because really, if you're gonna, like, if you're... They're owned by two entirely different media conglomerates. I know, but, like, if you're gonna have, like, Simpsons crossover with, like, late 90s cartoons that should have died years ago, it seems like you, like, might as well get all three out of the way, where it's Futurama, South Park, and there Family Guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess it's, like, the, the, the Simpsons... No, I think it's the Family Guy crew ends up on a road trip, and they end up in Springfield, or... Sure. I know. I'm bored even thinking of that sentence. My balls hurt. <laughs> uh, poor Simpsons, man. It's just, it's just the horse that keeps on getting flogged to fuck to death. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you're not that worried about because it. it's not like you were that big of a Simpsons fan. Whereas I, I grew up Simpsons. with the Simpsons, so this is more well, the of thing a... is the thing is about whenever anything goes on too long or anything is rebooted in a bad way, nothing can take away what was there. Oh, know? did you see that supposedly photos of the Star Wars Seven scripts got put out by Bad Robot today? Or th- this week, uh, I think it was J.J. Abrams or somebody at Bad Robot was like had a big pile of red bound scripts with the Bad Robot logo on the front with no title, but like with the, with the tweet of like, "Oh, the scripts are out here now." And the, the only big project the Bad Ro- Robot is working on is supposed to be that secret is supposed to be Star Wars Seven. So it seems like this was the, at least the first draft of the script for Star Wars Seven is done and out there naturally in people's hands. That's crazy. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know why I suddenly Star thought about Wars. that. Not thinking about things I grew up with that are just so disappointing now. I think <laughs> from the Simpsons to Star Wars was the logical conclusion. There. Bill, explain to me this joke. Less time in purgatory if you follow the Pope on Twitter. No, that's not a joke. Did you see? This is what it is. If you follow the Pope on Twitter, you get, what's it called? Salutations? You're a Catholic. You should be able to tell me about this. Do you say salvation? Indulgences. Oh, indulgences for following the Pope on Twitter? Yeah. This came out. This, this, this is the Vatican actually. You could Google this. I'm not making this up. I like. I only put this in there because I thought you would be amazed and horrified by this news. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
Are you making a joke? No! I'm going to Google this right now. It's going to make for an hour amazing radio. As you stand here, slack-jawed. Oh, uh, the, the cassettes of Transformers? <laughs> please, please talk to me about robots right now. Soundwave and Blaster, okay. they are not getting indulgences. They've done bad things. Also, they have no souls. <laughs> Oh yeah, all the like I I even I didn't even understand the Catholic terminology where they were saying yeah you spend less time in purgatory, and I had to Google oh, it. oh that's an indulgences. I cannot believe. I'm just gonna Google indulgences. I get okay. And Twitter. You sure. have to you have to speak to the current generation. You have to communicate them in the language that they hear. People tend to use social media for things that are fleeting, and 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 and. Oh. How? Why are you not laughing at this? It's only your faith that is being corrupted by the internet. Oh, b- yes, Bill. Catholicism was a lily white sheet before bull- this doing, bullshit. They only covered up sex scandals with children. Mm. Yeah, following Pope Francis' Twitter feed. Yeah, the specific, that, that's what they do specifically say. Anyway, how you doing? What? What else? I should have put that in there. I should have like, oh... Spaghetti sauce formula has changed instead. We, would you rather talk about the girl, lady in Texas got thrown from a roller coaster? No. <laughs> At least that's more comical. Kazu Kabushi has been is redrawn all the covers of the Harry Potter books for the Scholastic paperback reprint. We talked about this before when they released the first one. Didn't they? Yeah. How did it black this This is out? old news. We talked about this on the podcast. Really? Was it drawn badly? No, right. it was amazing. He did a really good job. Have they released any of the other ones beyond the first one? Yeah, they just announced one of the newer ones. I think it was oh, the cool. Goblet of Fire at Comic-Con this oh, week. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, it's a great choice. Kazu's an amazing artist. I didn't know. How did I... Did, I must have really blacked this out because I totally, like... I didn't remember this. In addition, a bunch of unused Marie Grand Prix cover illustrations from the original U.S. books have been discovered. Yeah, and they're great... I suppose, like, like, these are finished illustrations. They're not sketches or anything like that, but I, I can't remember exactly why they came out, but, like, on Reddit this week, there was a whole big image dump of, yeah, never-before-seen full, like, cover wrap, like, like big, wide... They're obviously illustrations that were designed for the book covers that would have wrapped around from the cover to the back of the book. Oh, that's awesome. Or, like, a bunch of the different books. There's, like, one of them's, like... It must have been like the Grand Ball from Goblet of Fire or something oh, like that. Oh, that's awesome. But... So it was kind of cool just to see the juxtaposition of Kazu's new art for those books. Yeah contrasted with all this Mary Grand Prix stuff that uh, so I guess her stuff is exclusive to the United States right. hardcovers right whereas they had a completely different artist in the UK so yeah, yeah people listening you care probably what the fuck you talking about but <laughs> no they really show it's a good job yeah a documentary about Studio Ghibli called The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness will be released in Japan this fall that's a great title for yeah. a documentary on Studio uh, supposedly Ghibli. this is, it's about Studio Ghibli in general but it has a specific focus on the creation of their latest two movies uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Miyazaki's The Wind Rises which I guess just came out in Japan this weekend mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Izao Takahata's movie about the tale of the bamboo cutter which doesn't come out until christmas hmm. that's cool i'm glad to see somebody's making a documentary about studio ghibli yeah how many more times are you gonna be able to videotape yeah miyazaki, miyazaki just being a grouch making ramen for people and just kind of like growling <laughs> that sounds good young I'll, kids I'll, are stupid i, I hope, hate the iphones i hope they release that here in the states i'd like to go yeah. see that the legend of Korra is coming back in september they uh released a preview um on at uh, comic-con this last weekend yeah everyone's fantastic because really there's no there's no Chief Beifong. Yeah. Everyone's like, she's dead? What happened? Was she on a secret mission? But there was one scene where you see... To be fair, you barely see Asami Kor's fighting... Uh, she's doing some kind of water waterbending fight with somebody, but she's got a scratch on her face that is just like Lin Beifong's. Interesting. Where it's two claw marks on the same cheek. Huh. Everyone's like, well, maybe she's... 
Maybe it's Fight Club. <laughs> Maybe she's the chief beef on all the time. But yeah. Bill, have you read my erotic fanfiction? <laughs> Is that what just happened? Yeah. No, that's really cool. Bill points out now fe- featuring a bit about the first Avatar. Yeah. Um, crazy Ghibli slash ancient Chinese painting art styles for the spirit world and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, it looks first, really cool. First Avatar is some dude named Juan. Yeah. I guess you find out like how he became the, the first Avatar. I'm really pumped about this season of Legend of Korra. And, yeah, like, so I guess all the stuff that takes place in the spirit world in this season of Legend of Korra is very much kind of like an old Chinese painting background style. Yeah, it looks beautiful with the yeah. I like and all the monster designs. There seems to be, a di- like, yeah, there's evil monsters, which are, you know, all designed kind of evil, almost like, like monsters from, like, Spirit Away. But, like... The good monsters almost look like ridiculously cartoony, like yeah. something from like a chibi well, Japanese. In the in the in the preview, like the there's Yamanas. a part where like some I think like uh, uh, Korra or somebody is riding on a giant fat bunny whose oh, yeah, ears so are spitting like a helicopter blade. <laughs> yeah, or like they're like wasp wings. Yeah, or something like that. Like, one that one that is that's actually uh, I I know I noticed that that's actually the who's who's the smart daughter of 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 Portal Two. The smart daughter of Portal, Portal 2. Portal 2 guy. Who's the... Uh, Aang's kid. Oh, um, oh my god. Now I'm looking I know, at that's his what I'm name. Saying, that's what I'm saying. J.K. Simmons. The, the Airbender family. Oh my well, god, no, what's his name? The smart daughter. The one who's all yes. in the books oh, that's and stuff. Oh, so yeah, that, that is actually her writing. It's that's like great. a flying butterfly bunny <laughs> rabbit. And the, what, what she's flying into is the giant... I don't know if you remember this from Avatar The Last Airbender, but there's this one thing where they find this giant underground li- uh, library yeah. that is overseen yeah. by a bunch of spirits, and the head spirit is this giant owl spirit. Yeah. And that owl spirit shows up and seems to be talking to... Oh, that's awesome. Conf- Confronting What's the smart name? book girl. Yeah, she's she's a great character. Is it Janora? I think the two daughters Jinora, named Janora and Icky. Right. Yeah. yeah, but any uh, isn't Icky the boy? No, is it who the fart bender? <laughs> I can't believe fart bending. Here's hoping. Also, here's hoping season two is better than the first one. Not the first one. I was just terrible. want Asami to be a badass. Honestly, Asami's crying. I know. I just want her to be a badass. But then she, she yeah, she's actually in charge of Future Industries future now. Future Industries, yeah. yeah. In her fucking supposedly, like, year. well, I guess like a big part of season two is supposed to be like some kind of big conflict between the Northern uh, Water Tribe and the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. There's supposed to be some kind of crazy shipping issues and business stuff. And supposedly she gets involved because hmm. she's going to, I guess, maybe invest. I she's, keep now she's looking. In charge of this. I cannot find future industries patches anywhere this makes me nuts i am surprised there has to be a nerd Did somewhere you see doing the t-shirts this. they unveiled uh, available at comic-con this yeah, week though yeah. one of them is the wanted poster for a toff where yeah. it's like very scribbly like yeah. little angry toff with little uh, chinese writing on the side and yeah. stuff but yeah they have a fire ferret shirt but they don't have a future industry shirt i want a future industry shirt and patch so bad i can taste it i uh, actually one day i was bored and i started designing one myself just so yeah. i could make a, a print-on-demand shirt it was terrible, so I stopped. You have but... to make your own print-on-demand like patches too. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Oh the logo. man, yeah, make a killing on Etsy with that stuff. Oh. oh, and I guess Mako is a cop now. Well, we knew that. Yeah. They they re- revealed that little thing that shows where everybody is. They showed that at last Comic Con. I unfinished. totally forgot about that. Yeah, unfinished. Now they just showed it fully finished. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about Legend of Korra. My art book shift. It should be. It should be getting here any day now. Oh yeah, my, yeah, it should be getting here on Tuesday. Yeah, that, I'm really curious. Man, fucking. Ah. Oh, did you see, like, big, sexy, like, big, 
like big hunky new waterbender guy. I don't know if it's supposed to be Korra's dad or it's supposed to be a new like leader of the Southern Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. But it's like you kind of see him real quick in the yeah, trailer. But he's like a some... big like. Yeah, I saw gifts on Tumblr immediately. Yeah, people <laughs> already jerking. Off. I love like people <laughs> already jerking off to characters. Oh, one great picture I did see. There's one shot in the Legend of Korra book two trailer where you do see it's a very big huge close up of Asami crying. Yeah, and someone had on their computer monitor that that picture of Asami crying up in their monitor, and they had little 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 napkin up to her 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 tears trying to wipe away her tears i love the internet yeah i know it's great oh one last thing i guess bolin he's back in republic city he's the only person who stayed on the fire ferrets team yeah because you got cora and mako they're off doing their own thing and so it seems at least uh one of the replacements uh the 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 girl that replaced cora on the firebending team seems to be the the Korra cosplayer in the audience. Oh really? Because it's a nerdy girl with the big round glasses. <laughs> Everyone, it's, it's, it just seems like the character design might be that same girl that now she is taking Korra's place on the on. That would be great. Yeah, on, except now I guess she's a firebender, but like that's pretty yeah, funny. Uh, that would be that's great if they actually have the cosplayer show up and actually that try to be, be part of the fire ferrets. Anyway, this is our Legend, Legend of the Korra corner. <laughs> Korra Oh, and Korra comes back in September. That's the other yeah. news. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Lego will be releasing a Back to the Future DeLorean set on August 1st for $35. Yes. Are you, are you as upset as everyone else is that it's not quite is the exact same design as it was proposed to Lego? <laughs> so I forgot Lego has this thing where, like... Yeah, if they have, like, enough, basically an online petition. Thing. Yeah, if you get enough sign- signatures for almost anything, especially if it's licensed, they will go out of their way to talk to whoever owns that license to create mm-hmm. that product. Like, that's how the Minecraft set got yeah. got established. And so somebody, like, back at, like, Christmas was like, well, I came up with the idea for Back to the Future DeLorean. And people were pissed because, like, the windows are slightly different shape than it was in the yeah. original proposal and stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you're getting a fucking... It's Lego, too! You can build it yourself how you sell it. Like, it's, <laughs> that's it's actually an excellent point. It's not like it's a model where you have to... It's especially because Lego has a thing now where you can actually design a model in 3D on the like website on a and then order thing, all the parts to make yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So it's so like can, literally... The big thing is that you get official Lego yeah, Marty McFly and yeah. Doc no, Brown, but yeah. Brilliant. I, I might actually have to invest in That's that. too it's funny. Like, God damn. Soul Calibur 2 Online HD, not for Wii U, which is a bummer because Link plus Megaton Hammer would have been the best part of that game. Yeah, Soul Calibur 2 is the best Soul Calibur. I think this may have been before they, were, uh, they let you kind of create your own characters. Oh, yeah. But instead of that, uh, when the game was released on, it was for the Xbox, the GameCube, and the PlayStation. Oh, yeah, they had exclusive characters to each one, didn't they? Yeah, so for the GameCube, they had Link. For the PlayStation, they had some guy. And for the, the Xbox, they had, like, Spawn. Right. And oh, also, yeah, I, forgot, I think this choice. is also the one where, like, Tom McFarlane, and, uh, in addition to having Spawn, he also did, uh, created a new character that was in all three different versions called Necrid. Which is his giant... <laughs> American McGee bullshit. There's this giant green Frankenstein guy who could like copy other people's moves and everyone just hated him. It's pretty bad when you're in 2003, people are like, man, your bullshit's like too tough for Farland Lee. Like, why the fuck is this in this game? But yeah, no, the best part of Soul Calibur 2 was playing his Link. And like, he had all of his weapons, his bombs, his bows, and arrows. Yeah. But like, he had this giant hammer because like yeah. in the games, there's this game, Megaton hammer used just to smash rocks. Nice. It's funny because like on the, like in Legend of Zelda 2, like on the 8 bit Nintendo, you just go up and go tap it with your little hammer and go, Toop. Where's the soul calibur? Yeah, I know. And you're smashing, smashing people, people into the ground. It? Yeah, oh, it's great. That's my favorite thing in the world. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so they're uh, remaking that uh, in HD, so you can play online. Been announced for all the consoles except for Wii. Except for the Man, Wii ain't nothing. So Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto Five is coming uh-huh. out for the Wii U. I don't think Saints Row Four is coming out for the Wii U. Oh no. 
Man. Well, I wouldn't have expected... I mean, none of the Grand Theft Auto games have been out for Nintendo console, right? Except for China but and still, Town, there's right? no reason not... You couldn't pour it over easily, though. Because it's coming out for, like, systems... I mean, what? The Wii U is supposed to be technically more powerful than the PlayStation 3 That is X. true. It there's is no reason why they can't just pour it over yeah. easily, but... Shit, man. Wii U's fucking up. At world's oldest story, Nintendo is dying. How you doing? What else happened? <laughs> what, what else? else? Indeed. Soul Calibur. Um, oh, you don't you don't like the big titty white chick, white hair chick. Which one? Ivy? Aren't they are all big titty white? Chicks oh in no! That game? There was the Greek lady. She started off as a B cup, and now she's like an F cup. And she wears no bra, but like her tits are flame. No, it's Ivy. With she's the not an whip. F cup, Bill. What's an F cup? Why? I'm an I cup. That gives you a point of reference. But you're not that big. My point exactly. What, what, what decides the size? This is a weird conversation. But like, <laughs> wait, how uh, are you? Because your tits aren't that like. That's bra, bra size is, is weird. Is it just proportion to the rest of the body? No. Because no. the joke would be if you have an eye cup, you have to have like big ass like. It's just breasts are weird, dude. Okay. I'm just saying. What's her what's, insane wait, what's your specific size? Be... Like, is it like an I thirty six or something? Well, like you that? have your chest size and then your cup size. They're two oh, different okay. sizes. So the number is your chest size, and then the the num- the letter is your cup size. But isn't like she would be an X? I'm just saying, dude, she would be a twelve X. Because yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, it's funny because your boobs are not as half as big as most video game heroines. This, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, Ivy, she's the one. She actually, I guess all the characters in Soul Calibur games, they're they're they tits of. But mm. Ivy's the one who specifically start off like she started off as a D cup, and now she yeah she's got to be like X because she's yeah. just like. I haven't heard about this. Batman and Spider-Man... Uh, it should be Batman and Spider-Man. A Batman and Superman movie is coming from Zack Snyder and Chris Nolan in 2015. Yeah, it's them teaming up. Oh Although supposedly God. it's supposed to be partially based off The Dark Knight Returns by Frank what? Miller. Is Superman in that story? I thought Superman shows up for two seconds. I thought he shows up and he's just like, Batman, you butthole. <laughs> but I don't know. But So like they, they announced that it's not going to be Christian Bale, but it is going to be... Who's new Batman or new new Superman? Henry Cavill. Yeah, it's gonna be him. They were doing this instead of another Superman movie. They're doing mm. Superman plus Batman, hoping that then they'll actually get butts and seats. Yeah, maybe after that then they'll do a Justice League movie. But yeah, twenty fifteen also That's coming out with new Star away. Wars, yeah. new fucking everything. Man, twenty fifteen is theaters filled with nerds. Oh, this is the other thing they announced that was it going to be Avengers two, the Age of Ultron, which is the most comic booky movie title you can yep. have, the Age of Ultron. And I, I have no idea what Ultron is because I don't read comic books because I'm better than that. <laughs> uh, no, Age of Ultron. Ultron, I guess, is a robot depending on... I was going to say, Ultron's a robot, right? Because I, I only know Ultron from the Ultimate Ultron. Oh, yeah? Which I read yeah, for all know? of, like... Oh, I can't well, even remember. Supposedly... In, in Ultimate Universe, Ultron was a sexy woman robot. Really? Yes. That was what was different. Supposedly, this is based off... Brian Michael Bendis, he can, he can buy a new house now. Yeah. Supposedly, this is based off a of Bendis story in particular. Yeah. Wasn't one of the X-Men's... How many other movies have been based off of Bendis stories specifically? Uh, no, that was the Joss Whedon. The X-Men 3 was based off the serum that can heal. Yeah, it was based, that was based off a of Joss yeah, Whedon thing. Astonishing X-Men, yeah. Oh, no, I'm glad to see Bendis getting... Well, and then again, if he just writes that stuff for Marvel, there's no guarantee that he's seeing any yeah, extra money. Yeah, exactly. It, we we only care about Brian, Brian Michael Bendis because uh, Annie's actually a big Bendis fan, and yeah. I keep on bumping into Brian Michael Bendis because uh, he lives in Portland. Every goddamn movie I, I go to! I actually helped him remodel his house. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Did I ever tell did you, you that story? Did you flip out on him? Um, I tried really hard to be good. I kind of flipped I out at the you end. You have helped him with his house, and I spilled soda on his shoes once. <laughs> well, what's really funny is that at <laughs> the end of it, vein. at the end of it, I um, uh, I was like, yeah, um, I just wanted to say thank you because Ultimate Spider-Man is my favorite comic book of all time. Pretty what do you much. say? Did and he go? What's really funny is that he was there with his wife, yeah. and his wife just looks at him and goes, "Do you have any signed comics? Go fucking get some signed comics." Like, no, I don't care. She's like, this woman is nice. Do something How nice for her. How long ago was this? This is years ago, dude. Oh, wow. You, you never told me. You're pretty good about us. work confidentiality, I try not though. to be a dick about it. Yeah. You know. Oh, Bill, here's a really cool story about how I was a weirdo in front of someone that I used to really admire. I, I, but you never better make him black. <laughs> <laughs> I see. You just have to turn around snorting. <laughs> Meh. You better not go, get rid of the women. I need women. to go back to, to, I need to go to my comic shop. I haven't been in a little while and pick up new Ultimate Spider-Man because now that Miles Morales is older, maybe I'll actually give a crap. <laughs> what do you know where Mendes lives now? So you can be, able, you can be like Martin Luther Believe nail not, Bill, a thing I on his door not... saying, make more women. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I need you to... did say he's got more women back in the comic book, right? Because that's uh, why you were. It seems like it. Well, that was my big issue is that he just performed With the Miles acting. Morales stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, because uh, um, for a while there, it was just, like, his mom, and that was it. But they seem to be bringing back this one original character, this um, uh, supervillain who was this little girl. It's basically the Gilmore Girls <laughs> really? of Swears. It was this mom and daughter. <laughs> That's um, actually pretty great. I, I know, right? It was yeah. this mom and daughter villain team, and they seem to have brought back the daughter from it. They brought back, uh, what's her butt, Gwen Stacy, and now Miles has a girlfriend. So a new Spider-Man movie. They're getting rid of Mary Jane, like, all together. Well, like she, she supposedly they like she was in the script, but they cut her out because there's so many villains in the next. Well, Spider-Man and also movie. because who wants to see Andrew Garfield kiss anyone else but Emma Stone? That was a terrible was she movie. She plays Gwen Stacy. Oh, okay. I that was a terrible movie. The only thing that made that movie good was the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. I could watch that movie again with muted. I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> She'll stroke in his beard sensually. No, Emma Stone, she's cutie. Emma Stone. She got monster voice, but I can deal with that. I like monster voiced women. (laughs) One of the reasons why I love... Oh, I didn't get to say this. One of the reasons why I really love Orange is the New Black is it has... What's her butt? What's her butt? Um, Laura Preppen, I think is her name. Mm -hmm. She played Donna on that 70s show. And she's... Oh, no! That's your kryptonite. She's a little older now. She's a cutie. Well, she's my wife's age, and she has monster voice, and she's No, she totally... Well, actually, she doesn't call you monster voice. The lady from Arrested... Isla Fisher from Arrested Development, she got monster voice. She's got dumpster voice. Are you kidding me? She's got... You're a weirdo. Ah. I really like husky-voiced women. It is my kryptonite. I can't... I can't even this lady i'm just like whew. no donna from uh, i've only seen like two episodes of that 70s show and my I was grandpa like, loves that how you show because of donna no for unrelated oh because he loved who was the who was who was the gay pakistani guy what's his name like queerbo or something Vil- like Vila... that what's his actual he name he had a weird name like pie face or something <laughs> anyway what you had the... you had original my... you you had oh it's funny because then the main character was also sinestro Wait, no, he played the black dude. No, who's the guy? <laughs> what are you talking about? Topher Grace Topher was. Topher Grace Yes, was, he was Venom in the last yeah, part of it. That's what that I'm saying. Correct. It all comes together. Anyway, my point is that Laura Prepon play is in Orange is New Black as the protagonist, a lesbian ex. Whoa! It's actually her what? titties. You get to see 20 seconds in. Really? Are they good titties? They're nice titties. Nice titties. <laughs> Big old pale red-headed titties. Is she naturally red-headed? I don't know. what. Fully and I are actually talking you don't about get, this. She doesn't turn around and you don't she's, get to um, find out from her crotch. Like, she has black hair in, in, in the show, and she's got these great like almost like um cat's eye glasses does every episode start with a shower scene <laughs> is that like the exposition previously no. on and it's actually just the actresses talking to each other in the shower <laughs> previously on i did 
this. And she's like lifting her breast up and she's like, mm. oh man, it's man. And it seems like, like her character is this character named Alex and she has this, this heart, this pulsing heartache. Oh, we need man. to start a TV so, show that's called Portland Lesbian Sex Jail. That'll just be like, <laughs> or just new black, but just even more. Just it's like, just how you doing? me and the, and the waitress and the butcher. And Foley. <laughs> Foley. That's it. Okay, yeah. Bill, tell me about bald Amy Pond. Oh, so, oh, wait, we forgot to talk about Ultron. I guess in some continuities, Ultron is also Iron Man turned evil. Oh. And I guess from the trailer, they kind of suggested that it might be what is happening because it starts off with you get to see Iron Man's mask, but then it gets mutated into, like, brought, like melted into Ultron mask. Mm. Age of Ultron? Age of Ultron. That makes Bill, me want to see comic even comic movies. Bill. I know. But Bill, to be fair, it's called The Avengers. Did you hear about the trailer description for the... They showed the Guardians of the Galaxy little comic book trailer? I can't believe Guardians of the Galaxy is actually happening. Did you see what it is? Because it's no. like... It starts off with Parks and Recreation. It's Chris Pratt. He's trying to steal some orb. And these, and these space cops come up and arrest him. And they're like, Freeze, you're busted. What's your name? And he's like, My name's... Star Lord. They're like, your name's what? And he's like, yeah, I'm Star Lord. And I guess the character who gets all the, the Guardians of the Galaxy together is who's Chicago? He <laughs> plays Cellophane Man. Oh, oh uh, uh, Josie Riley. Yeah, yeah. Step Brothers. Yeah, okay, now Step Brothers. <laughs> yes, Step Brothers like, Star Lord, your name, you're an asshole for Kanye. Who calls himself Star Lord? But we need to get you some new friends. So here's Raccoon. <laughs> Here's a tree. Here's Zoe Zeldana naked and green. Oh, P.S. You're gonna have to fight, uh, Amy Pond. And since she shows up, I guess her character's bald. The character she's playing, mm-hmm. and so she was bald in the trailer and stuff. And everyone assumed it was makeup, but so when they actually brought the actors out after they showed the trailer, she comes out. She's got her red hair, and everyone's like, "Oh, that must have been a pretty good makeup job." No, she pulls off the wig, and she has actually shaved her fucking head for that oh, role. That's awesome! And like, so all the photos of her at Comic Con are just fucking. She looks like Lex Luthor. That's awesome. Well, she actually looks kind of cute, but let's just still like that's ballsy as hell. That's yeah, I awesome. know. It's, and especially this is her first gig. She walked away from Amy Pond to like advance yeah. her acting career. Yeah. Yeah. First thing she says, Shades I'm gonna be fucking in... head and be in a shitty superhero movie. I'm gonna be in a shitty superhero movie. I'm gonna hang out with Lee Pace. We're both gonna go vamp it up by being all fucking fighting raccoons and trees. And Is shit. Lee Pace in this movie? Yeah, Lee Pace. The, she and Lee Pace are the two villains. Okay, I will go see this movie just because it's <laughs> Chris Pratt and Lee Pace in it. Yeah, and a fucking talking raccoon. Potter, and he got green. You heard her from Star Trek. That's crazy. That movie already sounds like it it's, could be great. And it's directed by fucking James Gunn. It's going to oh, be a right. nightmare. Well, the trailer ends with, like, so it's kind of narrated by Step Brothers. And at mm-hmm. the end it says, this is why I brought together the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of assholes. <laughs> That's like how it ends. <laughs> and, wow. like, everyone's kind of being a dick. It's kind of like the yeah. original, even more. Everyone just kind of hates each other and just kind of, wow. like, agitated. Wow. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> the fact that it sounds Pace... like an SNL sketch as I opposed know. to an actual movie that's oh happening. Oh my god. That Disney spent billions of dollars. Again, I guess make... maybe is that 2015 too? I can't remember. Everything's coming up. Anyway, what was I gonna say? Gail Simone will be writing a Tomb Raider comic series that will bridge the last game in the as yet unofficially or excuse me, as if yet officially unannounced next game. Yeah, no one had said anything about a sequel yet, but yeah, Gail Simone Comic Con said he she specifically said like I guess I'm not supposed to talk about, but there was supposed to be an ex, a new game, and this oh, is supposed course. to bridge this. You know, huh. so I enjoyed I enjoyed Tomb Raider. I'm well, well didn't one. Tomb Raider end with her saying, "Oh, I got to go off to Shangri." No, Shangri. No, no, not she's Shangri-La. like she just says, "I'm off to the next adventure." Oh, oh I thought there was. Oh, I'm sorry. Like Wait. she 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 pulls out a diary that's full. But of I all thought her there was fathers. something in there that. Well, was Well, one like... of the things was something like Shangri-La, but it was like a whole bunch of different stuff. Oh, yeah. she's oh no, she says I have to go to Werewolf College. 
<laughs> lesbian werewolf college. Duncan Jones' follow-up to Moon, Mute, will now be a dark horse graphic novel drawn by Gren Fabry. And this was announced by Duncan Jones at like midnight last night on Twitter out of the blue by saying, hey guys, I'm going to be at the dark horse booth tomorrow signing posters for the Mute comic book I'm doing with Dark Horse. That's awesome. Yeah, if, if, if you're a fan of Duncan Jones, Duncan Jones being the guy who wrote and directed uh, the movie Moon, Moon that yeah. came out a couple years with and Sam Rockwell. And he did Rockwell. Source Code. Uh, and uh, he's also doing the live-action World of Warcraft movie, which had its own trailer premiere at Comic-Con. Everyone was flipping mm-hmm. out of it. Well, supposedly all the hardcore Warcraft guys were like, fuck yeah! So <laughs> supposedly adorable. it looks really spot-on for, for what that's supposed to be. But yeah, Mute was always supposed to be his follow-up that he had a really hard time getting financed Yeah, it was for. supposed to be like a Blade Runner inspired story of a of a is it wasn't about a a, a, a mute like um bout like a bartender in or berlin or something like that running around a yeah, futuristic berlin and yeah. specifically i asked him on twitter last night well you said this is supposed to tangentially take place in the moon universe mm-hmm. is it and he tweeted back at me and said yeah it's just, technically it does mm-hmm. i mean that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna see sam rockwall show up in yeah. the comic or anything like that but he said so it's still pretty much his vision which they must have put this together pretty quickly because i know just six months ago he was tweeting about how um, he was trying to get financing for Mute for mm-hmm. it to get done as a film. I think that fell through. And it could I think this be that he's backup. hoping to use the comic as a way to pitch. Oh, it this again. is what I when I when I congratulated him on last night on this being turned into a comic book. I congratulated on him making uh, like the best picture. Hopefully, like four years from yeah. now, you'll see Mute as inspired by the graphic novel. Because that's what what's his yeah. butt did with his Noah movie. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like. And even if it doesn't ever get made into a movie, at least I'll have a pretty bitching. Con- There's no Hopefully. reason why this won't be a movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, but, I'm, I'm, and it looks like the artwork is very much... Yeah, did you ever read... Uh, who's the guy who does all the artwork for, like, Hard Boiled and stuff like that, where it's always futuristic, always a crazy amount of detail and stuff? Hmm. He's the guy who... The name is very familiar, but I can't... Uh, Char- uh, Jeff, was it Jeff Darrow? It's The artwork is kind of like that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. The Eisner Awards were given out this week at Comic-Con. Um... Becky Cloonan won for best single issue for the Meyer. What well is the deserved. Meyer? Um, you should. It's ninety nine cents on on comics. <laughs> what whatever is it these is. days? Jesus. Uh, no, Becky. All of Becky Cloonan's little self published comics are great. She had a great one called Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, the Meyer is great. Demeter is her newest. I haven't gotten it yet. Um, is this a one off? Yeah, uh, they're just like these little self contained little stories. Foley's t- tattoo, Becky Cloonan tattoo, is from an illustration of a character from the Meyer. Uh-huh. I can't explain to you what the Meyer is because it, in telling you what it's about, it would spoil it. But it's well, beautifully it's rendered. Like Attack of the Friday Morning. <laughs> it's a beautifully rendered comic. Becky Cloonan was one of my favorite artists working today. When I, especially I've when seen she, more of her art since you started talking about her. I really yeah, do love her artwork. She, I especially love the way she draws kind of, like, this is going to sound douchey, but like kind of medieval-y like, scenarios. The Meyer is medieval-y and, and her work on Conan was some of my favorite comics. She's and, no longer on Conan? No. She okay. just did one one story. I think she may have done like a little spot illo for something else too. Um, I'm excited because she's doing um, Red Sonia with uh, doing a Red Sonia thing with Gail Simone, which I will oh, buy really? the fuck out of. Wow. By the okay, way, yeah. Anyway, well deserved. Becky Cloonan's good stuff. Highly recommend picking up the Meyer and all of her um, autobio comics. You can get them online very easily. Colleen Kluver won for best digital comic for Bandette. Good on her. Adventure Time won best publication for kids, as edited by my beloved uh, lady bro Shannon Waters. Um, yeah, Adventure Time we talked about in the past is one of the best com- uh, uh, licensed comics out today, and one of the best comics period out today. Really recommend reading it. Hope Larson won best publication for teens with A Wrinkle in Time, which was colored by our dear friend Jen Manley Lee. I didn't know that actually. David Aha's work on Hot Guy tied with Chris Samney's work on Daredevil for best artist. 
and Building Stories won Best Graphic Novel. All solid, really awesome winners. Well, congratulations to all those folks and all the people nominated. Um, it's all These are all good comics. We're living in a really good time if you are a fan of sequential art. And Bill's now ignoring me to read the internet. No, I just realized the last bit of news coming out of Comic-Con would have been from the Doctor Who panel that just ended like five minutes ago. And mm -hmm. I was, I, for some reason, I was convinced that if they were going to announce the, who the next Doctor was going to be, be Comic-Con would be a good fucking place to do yeah, it. Yeah, did they not? Uh, no. And it sounds like they had a little bit of a trailer for the uh, for the 50th anniversary special, but nothing. Because Matt Smith showed up in a tuxedo and a shaved head, so what are you going to do? <laughs> Smith and Amy Fox. They were like the first thing they do. Like, Doctor is over. I'm going to shave my fucking head. Um, there's a cute photo of uh, Stephen Moffat, the guy who runs Doctor Who, with uh, Matt Smith crumpled in a tuxedo in a pile right next to him on the floor. And he's just saying, uh, we got to go. We need a new doctor. He's dead. It's funny. You have to be there. You have to be on Twitter. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, with the, the Eisner Awards, this, yeah, it's crazy how many women won Eisner stuff this week. Yeah. There was actually a whole bunch of other women who won stuff. Like, I think the uh, the best uh, of the comic for the best, like, young readers was also, like, some storybook by a lady. And, like, mm -hmm. it seemed like at least, like, like at least almost awesome. half the winners this year were actually women. Dames in comics. Yeah. I'm really proud of Shannon Waters. She Just because the teams that she has pulled together to work on these Adventure Time comics have been amazing. And they've all been consistently they've good. They've all yeah. been good. It's really, How they're really good How did she get comics. the muscle to pull that off? Because... She's a superhero. I'm just saying, like every single Adventure Time. Comic you do realize we're solid. the last two people in Portland who haven't drawn an Adventure Time <laughs> cover yet, right? You and I should we should collaborate. <laughs> Why well, Foley's painting of the naked lady in the hallway? Yes. All I have to do is put Jake in the background. That could be the cover for the next <laughs> no, Adventure Jake Time. Jake is the sweater. That's <laughs> what, it is. what a oh man, what a sweater to be. <laughs> This was the Boy Hattie Podcast. As always, you can yammer at us on Twitter. We're at Boy Hattie Podcast or boyhattiepodcast.com. You can use our contact form on our website to holla at us. And what do I normally say here? Uh, if you're on iTunes, you can give us a rating. You can be honest. One star. But, you know. <laughs> we won't hold it against you. Exactly. Exactly. I have to go read my Lady Lake Book Club book. I have to cram it. I have not read more than What's the book? 15 pages of it. We're recording on Wednesday for the episode on Friday. Sexy Butcher? It's called Black Blade Blues. Oh. It is a fantasy novel. I actually feel kind of mixed about it just because this is the first book we've read that is not, by my definition, a romance novel by any, like, it's, it's the protagonist. Is there Lady Stuffy at least? The protagonist just happens to be a lesbian, but it's oh, okay. actually a fantasy adventure novel. So I feel kind she, of torn This doesn't sound that. like she's going to stuff somebody. So at least well, she's already scene. she has a love interest but it's not but specifically it does it's not it, a it does not cater to the romance the romance tropes, is yeah. maybe a c or d plot Ugh. so i'm kind of like i put it off but i have to go home and cram it <laughs> how would you turn pacific rim into a romance novel i you know what if you turn pacific rim into a romance you would ruin it the best part of that movie was that the romance had such a light two lady robots fight well, oh you, well, a you have all the lady teams novel. well that's yeah. what i'm saying like all, all, all you left out that adjective oh man <laughs> Bill's just, drifting and I don't want to go there with him. I'm just picturing Bill's like, chasing the rabbit. In, in lesbian romance Pacific Rim, like instead of like a big like the cockpits are just like kind of like two ladies in bed. Just Is it called up. Pacific Trim? <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to y'all next week. Bangura dan, Tonju Kanda, Kasakuya. <laughs>